What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey, episode number 133, presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I am super stoked that we are a week into the NHL season. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller, and he's ready to brag, 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 brag that his Vegas Golden Knights are sick once again. They look like they could repeat for Stanley Cup champions as far as I'm concerned. But Frank, how you doing? Good afternoon, Tom. Good afternoon, Tom. Enjoy your slice of pizza as you watch the show today. Um, I'm ready to go. I'm, Knights are 4-0. Hawks are playing great. You sound like you're in a tunnel, but... I sound like I'm in a tunnel. Like bad, like muffled. Oh, yeah? That's better. What did That's, you do? I, I did nothing. You moved something. I wonder if it's because I moved my sheet. Yeah, and now it sounds better. It's perfect. Wow. Who knew? But where was the sheet? Uh, on the left side. Of, I was on the cords. Oh, uh, probably. That's wild, though. Because as soon as you moved it, it's like I heard it un- undo itself. So Interesting. Well, was the intro okay? Uh, no. <laughs> it was fine. We got the point across. What? We heard Welcome it. back to <laughs> we, we heard it. I mean, yeah. That's funny. That is very funny. Um, Tom says as long as his ass stays muffled, we're okay. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Not over impossible. the course. The fact that I've never in 133 episodes of this, probably about 120 episodes of Crosstown Crosstalk. And maybe like 70 episodes of South Burbs Hitman. I never let out an audible, how how do you say, audio bowl? He said as long as your ass stays muffled. I thought he said as long as his ass stayed muffled. Yeah, he meant me, I think. Yeah, Yeah, he did. I thought he meant himself. I've never let one rip, as Caitlin points out, fart book. Um, I've recently started the journey of Letterkenny which is a very funny comedy that can be found on various different platforms. That's like a hockey show. Mm-hmm. And I like hockey and I like funny. Uh, very much up a th- guy like Tom's Alley, Letter Kenny. It's not violent. It's not, you know, horny or anything like that. It's literally <laughs> just like a, a comedic, stupid, funny type of it's not horny. show. <laughs> like, like, there's nothing like truly vulgar about it so far. I think like the funniest episode so far was fart book. And I think Tom would watch the entire fart book episode and laugh his ass off from beginning to end. Very. I mean, it sounds like right up his alley. It's like a live action South park, except it's got the hockey guys in it. And it is just pure entertainment. Like one of my finger. (laughs) That's what he would say. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Um, But yeah, funny ass show. Well, go watch letter. Kenny Um, Frank. Hockey's back, baby. Hockey's back. Tom needs to go watch the fart. Just if it's just the one episode you watch, honestly, fine. Fart book. I think it's the third episode of the first season. It would be his favorite episode of like all time of any show. I think so. It is so. Anytime like, there's farts, I think of Tom. Like you hear that thing loud the competition where they're like, yeah, gas. No, yeah. It wasn't even a competition. I don't think it was just like. Some remix or something where they're letting out color. Oh, it was in the the veto where they had to like distinguish the colored farts. Yes, yes, and I I'm remember like, that Tom's one. Probably like on the floor laughing. Yes, I mean 
fart book is a social media site that they invent. Um, it it's instead of like sharing other things about your life, you share your farts throughout the day. So like, if you feel one coming on, you record it and put it on fart book and all your friends react to your farts and how they're sounding throughout the days. So it was, I had tears coming out of my eyes when watching this episode. Foster says, hope everyone is well. Go Hawks. Not a Knights fan. Foster said, fuck the Knights. Frank, what do you have to say? Uh, he also didn't capitalize the N and not. Uh, Foster, we need you to be a little more. Uh... There are multiple ungrammatically correct things. Like every ca- every word besides is is capitalized. Yeah, Foster, so take that. That's what I got to say. No, Frank, you don't yell at Foster. Who do you think you are coming on this show yelling at Foster? Foster does what Foster wants. Foster knows that we're buds. Yeah. Foster knows that how much I love him. He loves us. He's a yeah, good guy. Absolutely. I wonder if we'll ever get to see Foster again in a barroom barfly type of party. Um, Frank, since you're so grammatically correct all the time, you look like you had something to say in reaction to Foster. It's funny. He, he knows. It's hilarious. That is funny. Foster, your grammar is not up to par, according to Frankie. That's a you problem. I mean, according to me, am I wrong or no? Um, yes, you are. So uh, <laughs> just for yelling at Foster in general. Um, Foster could write every word backwards, and I'd be like, that's cool. Foster's my guy. Read Foster's sentence backwards. Which one? The The one one. about hoping everyone's well. Uh, Fan knights a not hawks. Oh, see, I was thinking a different way. Naf, naf. I don't want to say anything that's inappropriate. By spelling certain words backwards, Frank, we have hockey to talk about. Okay, we're gonna talk about hockey. Oh my god, Frankie doesn't even want to be here right now. We're gonna talk about hockey in period number one. Frank, you're all right, man. You don't want to talk about hockey at all. You're like, all right, we'll talk about hockey. I'm here. I'm here. So. You're here. Oh, Frankie's pissed. What are you pissed about? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. The Knights are 4-0 and 0. The Hawks are 2-2. I know. I'm I'm in for a great show. I'm excited. I'm wearing Hawks gear for you. And I yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm I'm well, ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to run through a brick wall. Ready to run through a brick wall. Frank, you know who's not ready to run through a brick wall right now? Kirby Doc. Kirby Doc. Kirby Doc was the third overall pick in the 2020 now the 2019 NHL draft. It went Jack Hughes to the New Jersey Devils, Capo Caco to the New York Rangers, uh Kirby Doc to the Chicago Blackhawks. Who went fourth? Let's see how long you could do. Who went fourth? <laughs> I'm done. That was You're McCarr. done? It was not Makar. He was at draft though, right? No. He was the draft we were at fourth overall. Holy cow, that long ago? Yeah. I don't even remember who drafted fourth that year. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche. They got oh. the pick in return from the Senators in exchange for Matthew uh, Bowen Byram? Bowen Byram. Wow. You know who went fifth? I, if you tell me who drafted from. It's the Los Angeles Kings. Is it uh? I don't know. You don't remember Alex Turcott going fifth overall? Know who he is. I wouldn't have guessed him. All right. Well, how about number six? He's currently the number one defenseman on the Detroit Red Wings. 
Um, is it Moritz Sider? It was Moritz Sider, wildly overdrafted, and it, in a lot of people's opinion. And I honestly think if that um, draft were redone, um, he would probably go second or third. Um, he would even go above the defenseman that I was super pissed that the Blackhawks didn't draft, which was Bowen Byram. Cousins went seventh to the Sabres. Broberg went eighth to the Edmonton Oilers. Zegris ninth to the Ducks. And Pod Colson, 10th to the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Tom uh, wanted he... Bowen Byram for the Hawks. No, he wanted – I wanted Bowen Byram. We battled. He wanted Cousins. Oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. He wanted Dylan Cousins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We battled back and forth. We both were right. He was more right. Um, both would have been better than Doc. Um, yeah. Doc would probably still go top 10. Because even though what we're about to talk about with his injury, he's still a good player. Doc mm-hmm. is a good player. He's not. Yeah. There are some players that are better. Looking at the list of first-round picks, I probably would rather have Suzuki. Oh, no, that's Ryan Suzuki. Uh, I would probably rather have, uh, looking at the second round, the only second rounder I'd probably rather have is Bobby Brink. Uh, possibly. Yeah, possibly. Maybe not even. Um I probably would rather Doc than Beecher. I think I would rather Doc than McMichael, who scored for Washington the other night. Um, I'd rather Doc than Krebs. I'd rather him than New Hook. Not Cole Caulfield. I'd rather Cole Caulfield. Mm-hmm. What about Spencer Knight? I like Spencer Knight. Me too. The Hawks, we think they might have a goalie with Soderblom and uh, Comesso, but I think we would know for a fact if they had Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know. Drafts are what drafts are. Cole Caulfield, he was traded to Montreal two years ago on draft day, and the Hawks got a first-round pick out of it. It was the pick that became – it's either Oliver Moore or the third – no, no, not Oliver Moore. Oliver Moore, it was last year. Who was it last year? I can't even remember. Oh, was it Nazar? It was Nazar, Frank, Frank Nazar. Nazar. Um, Doc's on Montreal. Missed 16 games to end last season after having a pretty good year. Breakout year, not necessarily, but a good year with Montreal. This year he's coming in. He looks good. He's got two assists through four periods, and he has a torn ACL and MCL. He is out for the year, Frank. Your thoughts on Doc? Isn't it crazy you tear your ACL and MCL just because you got checked into the bench? Yeah. It's crazy. And it happens against your ex-team that you used to play for. Yeah. He's going to miss significant time. This is a big loss for the Canadians, right? You said Doc had two assists in two games. They weren't even full games. Um, He played this season and he wanted to play this season and, you know, kind of replicate his 38-point season from last year and do that or maybe even better this year. And, you know, Martin St. Louis came out and said he believes in the depth that this team has. But in reality, there's not a ton of depth on this team, right? The Montreal Canadiens are not a very great team. I see them finishing last in the Atlantic Division. This team tends to struggle in terms of scoring goals. And is Doc the best player on this team? No, he's not. But is he somebody who could score 10 to 15 goals? Yeah, he can, and that would help this Montreal Canadiens team a lot given their lack of depth. I mean, what do you expect Martin St. Louis to say? He's not going to say, yeah, we don't really got guys that can replace him here right now, but. Um, you know, he's not only that, but he, you know, he's somebody who could win puck battles. He's going to be missed on, 
and I, he's going to be missed on an already lousy Montreal Canadiens team. It sucks to see this type of injury happen, especially when you're playing against your former team. Um, but there was nothing malicious about the hit, and it's just an unfortunate loss. I think he would have been their second or third leading scorer this season. I think 20 goals is a real possibility. Yeah. Um, and I, he had 14 last year in 58 games. Plays 82. You figure he gets close to 20. If not, you know, this year, another year better, too. Could we push 30 one day? I don't know. But I definitely think he's a 20 points or 20 goal, 60 point type of guy in his career, which is good. You know, yeah. some people will call him a bust or whatever because he was a third pick. If you think you're entitled to a 60 point player at third overall, you are out of your mind. If you like rewatching the draft and seeing what guys do well, what guys don't. If you think you're entitled to a 60 point player third overall, I got another thing coming for you. That's why if you hit on a guy like Doc third overall, or if you get Zegris at nine, or if you find a way to get a Jesper Bratt in the sixth round, like those are the types of teams that succeed yeah. because nothing is guaranteed just because of where you were drafted. But Kirby Doc, we do wish him well. I do think he has a moderately, you know, a high end second line center, and he has the floor of what he is now, which is like a pretty good mm -hmm. Middle six forward on either middle six line. So we wish Kirby Doc the best. I'm sorry. It sucks that this happened. He finally, finally was starting to look like a player that he set out to be when he was first drafted. You know, the Hawks were a shitty situation for him. He gets drafted to a team with expectations, ends up failing to meet those expectations. The team goes through a rebuild, right? He's as like an awkward age. Um, there's the Taves and Kane stuff. So it's just crazy for him that finally it was coming along and then boom, ACL, MCL tear. I hope he isn't comes back. Like, isn't that out for the year? No, oh, he's done for the year. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's out. I was going to say, well, they keep saying significant time. It, makes it changed yesterday night. Oh, okay. Yeah, it changed yesterday night. I was going to say, you don't come back from a torn ACL that quick. Honestly, that's why it's on the sheet first is because it was the freshest on my brain because at like 8.30 yesterday, um, Montreal tweeted the official update is that he's out for the season after having surgery on his ACL and MCL. I mean, an ACL alone, an ACL alone takes you out for the year. An MCL, you might come back this season later, way later, but you might come back. Joey Torres MCL. Mm -hmm. Our old podcast host, my brother, your cousin, um, he tore his MCL. And a different injury, he tore his PCL. So all these CLs in your knees, they have different grades of how long they ACL's keep you away. ACL is the worst. ACL is the worst by far. I would rather snap any of my bones cleanly in half than have to have an ACL surgery. Because oh. you snap a bone, you have surgery, you're, way, you're back way sooner. You might still be out, but like Kirby Doc's training camp next year is in danger. Like Svech, was Svechnikov ACL? I don't remember. So there's somebody who's not even back yet. Like got knees are hard, man. You know, elbows to a less degree in hockey, but in baseball, like Tommy John is the same thing essentially as the ACL surgery, except with a different ligament in your elbow. It's mm -hmm. the main, it's the main ligament that helps you be able to go like this mm -hmm. or in hockey, the same ligament with your knee. Um, so tough, tough news. We wish Kirby Doc the best. Um, Frank, do you remember Kirby Doc's first career NHL goal? Not off the top of my head. I couldn't tell you who it was against for the life of me without looking it up. I know it didn't go off of his, his stick. 
it bounced off of his leg. If I remember correctly, he like angled his leg in such a way and it, they reviewed it to make sure it was a non-kicking motion. Was it against uh, the Canadians? It might have been against the freaking Canadians. And that was sticking out in my head because I want to say the same day Henestroza set up a sick Patrick King goal, the one where he fell and shot it at the same time. But that might have been before. I know that was against the Canadians. But I, for some reason, maybe Doc's first career goal was against them. I just remember it went off like his body. I got it here. Who is it? Off his knee. Uh, uh, off his knee. Okay, see, I was correct. Who's the opponent? Uh, hold on. It's a YouTube video. Uh, just give me a sec. I can't tell yet. All right, Frank, if I find it before you. I can't find it. If I figure it out before you. The team's in white. Is it the Canadians? It's the Vegas Golden Knights. It's the Vegas Golden Knights. The Vegas Golden Knights, the team on your head. Wow. That's tough. Now I remember it. <laughs> I don't know why I can't hear you now. Hello? It's definitely on my end because can you hear me? It's definitely on my end because right when I played that video, um, it, what's it called? It, my sound went away where you, where I could hear you. So let me, what I'm going to do, Frank, you're going to talk about some of the, you're going to give your list of the first goals that were scored this season. And then I'll help you break it down. Once I return. So Frank, the first bunch of players since our last show scored their first career NHL goal. Um, who are they? And start talking about them. All right. Well, there were a lot. I wrote down a lot. We're going to start off with Connor Bedard. Obviously a lot of you may known he was, it was the biggest news story in hockey this week. Connor Bedard got his first NHL goal. Nice wraparound goal against Allmark and the Boston Bruins. It was beautiful. I was so happy he got it in a second career NHL game. You knew it was coming sooner rather than later. Um, but, yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, Vinny's back. Can you hear me? Hello. All right. No. Uh, we'll move on then until he figures out uh, that he could hear me. Brock Faber for the Minnesota Wild. He had a nice shot from the blue line that beat Sergey Bobrovsky in the Florida Panthers. He had Braden Pahal, or Pahal got his first goal with the Vegas Golden Knights against the San Jose Sharks. Uh, David Jircheck, name that might be familiar for some, defenseman for the Blue Jackets, got his first of the season. Sixth overall pick in the 2022 NHL entry draft came against the Rangers. Could you hear me now, VP? It sounds oh, yeah. like you can. Uh, if you missed it, I went over Bedard, Brock Faber, Braden Pahal, Pahal uh, David Jircheck, uh, Will Cauley. Or Cooley got his first NHL goal against the Blue Jackets in the same game that Azuracek did, but it came in the third period. Marco Rossi for the Wild against the Maple Leafs. Matt Coronado got his first NHL goal for the Flames against the Penguins. Thomas Bordalo, Bordalo uh, got his first as a Shark against the Colorado Avalanche. And then there was a guy last night who got his first for the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, I think that's it. I mean, I covered a lot. I probably missed some, maybe. Uh, I don't know, but that's a lot. A lot of firsts in the NHL so far this year. You had all of them that I had written down. I wanted to touch on Juracek 
you're a check, in my opinion, if that 2022, and I know it's early to be redrafting a draft that's barely over a year old, but mm-hmm. you're starting to see some patterns. Mm-hmm. And I think you're a check would go higher than, uh, did he go sixth? I sixth. think he'd go higher than sixth if the draft were redone today. I legitimately think Montreal would take Cooley and then the Devils would go back and forth between Nemich and Juracek. I Like, it'd be one of those two going second, and then the other would go third Yeah. Um, to Arizona. So, you know, he's he could be one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Um, I'm excited to see what becomes of him, but it was cool to see him score his first career NHL goal. He didn't even break camp with the team. He got called up because of Damon Severson's injury. Mm-hmm. Um, or not Damon Severson, excuse me, Zach Wierenski. I know what you meant. <laughs> Zach Wierenski was put on the IL and Juracek uh, got called up, scored a goal in his first career game. I And I want to touch on Marco Rossi as well, give an yeah. extended talk on him. And we'll get to Connor Bedard's first career goal more extent to an mm-hmm. extent when we talk about this first uh, week of Blackhawks hockey. That's why we're kind of glossing over his first career NHL goal. But Rossi, this dude's unreal. Okay, I studied him hard in his draft year. It was 2020. And I wanted the Devils to take him at seven. And he was my guy. He was my draft crush. He was my Bowen Byram, the Hughes year, outside of Hughes, of course. Like, he was the guy for me. Mm -hmm. But I kept going back and forth. Do they take a center? Like, can they have three high-end centers? You know, would you move Hughes to the wing? I hate the hated the idea of moving Hughes to the wing. Now you see why. Um, so they skipped over Rossi. He ends up going to the Wild, who I cheer for pretty dear. You know, the Wild are dear to my heart. They're not my number one team. They're not even really my number two or three team anymore, but I'll always have dear love for the Wild. Um, and he goes there. Cool. COVID. Hits him. He probably had the worst case of COVID of anybody I've heard of that didn't die. Honestly, he had COVID so badly that he was like in the hospital on, I'm pretty sure he was like on ventilators and stuff. I could be wrong on that part, but he, he had it very, very badly and it stunted his hockey development there for a minute. And now he's back. Um, He was back last year, but it took him a minute to kind of like get back in the the, uh, scheme of things. And now he looks like a player with the Minnesota wild. So, and then the other last one that I wanted to like go in a little bit of detail on, out of all the ones you mentioned, Coronado. I mean, I wrote an article about this guy for Puck Pros because I'm so happy for him to make, you know, we love our college hockey here on the show. Um, Still learning about who's good and who's not in college hockey this year. But in the past, Coronado was part of a very good Harvard team. And wow, is he unreal seeing him make it to the Calgary Flames um, the way that he has um, and, you know, made an impact. Mm-hmm. I just absolutely love to see it. I hope he scores a bunch of goals over the years. Um, should be a lot of fun to watch him, you know, kind of branch out in this Calgary Flames team that we both kind of pegged to be like a playoff team coming into yeah. this year. Bounce back years from other players. Well, a guy like Coronado is going to need to contribute. And so far, it's off to a good start. So is there any other things you wanted to talk about in terms of players with their first NHL goal? Brock Faber, nice shot from the blue line. Beat Bobrovsky. That was a beautiful first goal. We uh, watched him last year in the Frozen yeah. Four, too. Brock Faber. I was high up on him when we were talking about him last year. Very uh, good prospect, very good player for the Wild. So you got two good prospects there, Marco Rossi and Brock Faber. A lot good going on for the Minnesota Wild right now. And they're young good. 
the Wild are good. And they still have that Parisian suitor contract dangling over them for one more year. And there was somebody on the Knights yesterday who got their first. I didn't write his name down. It no, came, yeah, there it was. It came so last minute. Yeah. Uh, hold on. I'll, I'll get you. I, I watched the game, too. Braden Pahal. Um, yep. Is uh, that's not oh. the one I'm talking about, but oh. he was he also was a guy in the Knights who got his first uh golden Knights first NHL goal of his career came with the Knights as well. So we got a couple guys on uh, or same teammates getting first NHL career goals, but I want to know that guy's name because I, I saw it. He took a picture with the puck on Twitter. Um, it was Caden Korzak. There you go. Yep. Yeah, so a really lot of first going on. In the NHL, a lot of teammates getting their first NHL goals with one another. Um, I'm hoping that there's another Blackhawk that'll get his first career NHL goal. Yeah, it's always tough. It's always tough for a defenseman. <laughs> um, I was talking about. Yeah, of course, because nobody else on the team. Uh, does Wyatt Kaiser have one? I have no. I don't. I don't know. I think he does. Wyatt, if Wyatt Kaiser has one, let's see. Actually, we're doing a lot of googling while showing today. Which is perfectly okay. Wyatt Kaiser has not scored his first career NHL goal. Oh, he had three points last year. But yeah, he had goal. three points last year. Um, another freaking awesome college hockey player from Duluth. We watched him win a natty with them. That was fun. Um, you know, Vlasic, which I kind of forgot how the Blackhawks have been developing Vlasic. Stan Bowman was really ready to destroy him. He, he, he's like, oh, another great defensive prospect for <laughs> me to destroy. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. He played more games two years ago in the NHL than last year. And then Kyle Davidson, a GM with a brain, came in, and he's like, no, 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 no. There's no reason for Alex Vlasic to be playing at the NHL level this year. We want to stink. We'll go play for the Rockford Icehawks. Be a playoff team. See what happens once you get to the Calder Cup playoffs. And so far this year, Dog, dog. You can argue he's their best defenseman. Jones has mostly played like crap. Classic's been fantastic. We'll talk about him when we talk. Yeah, about yeah. Him. I forgot. I have to keep my Blackhawks talk to um, a minimum until then. But oh my god, first NHL goals are fun. The Devils don't have a first NHL goal coming right now. Really? No, there's not a single true rookie on the team. Luke Hughes. Is no Luke Hughes is a true rookie, but he scored the last goal of the season last year. Yeah, the overtime GWG against the Washington Capitals. So that's a good thing, though. I that's think so too. So he's not really playing, trying to score that first. It's not yeah, winning right. on him. So you don't um, have to worry about that. Once Nemich calls gets called up, which he'll probably be the first defenseman called up if there's an injury or something. Mm-hmm. Um, they, once my thing is once a guy like that gets called up, like the Columbus Blue Jackets can't send Yurichek down now, like he has to be a Blue Jacket forever. Now. Oh yeah, like once Why the Devils call up, because uh, teams they're not they're, send him down. there are teams that are dumb. Stan Bowman would go yeah, back and forth, back and forth. Here's Tavo. Here's not Tavo. Here's Tavo. Here's not Tavo. You know, just dumb. You go with prospects like that, call them up when they're ready, even if it's at the expense of winning at the NHL level. I mean it. Like, sometimes it's for teams like that, that's what's more important. But um, speaking of important uh, players, Frank, Austin Matthews, every year I say it, we're going to battle for the – until McDavid retires or kind of leaves his prime – we're going to argue over who's the second best player in the league. 
I think Connor Bedard will be in the mix. I think Nathan McKinnon, Jack Hughes, Kale McCarr, Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews has six goals through his first three games this season, thanks to back-to-back hat tricks in the first two games of the season for the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Back-to-back hat tricks. First player to do it since Ovechkin in 2017-18. It's now the fifth player to do it all time. Before Ovechkin, three other players did it in 1917-18, 100 years ago. Those were Cy Denny, Joe Malone, and Reg Noble. Um, that's truly something that's tough to do. I mean, right now, he's obviously one of the hottest players to start, uh, hottest players right now to start the season. Um, he's now got nine career hat tricks, which is great because some – some players don't even get one hat trick in their career. And even if you're a very good player, you don't always get hat tricks. How many do you think he had last year? Three. Zero. Did he really? Zero. See? There you go. I, I remember it took Kane forever to get a, a hat trick. Yep. So to, let alone have nine career hat tricks in your career, that, that's pretty good. Um, he's He had a great offseason. Um, so from what I've heard, he looked great in the off season. He knows what he's capable of. He knows that he could play at an elite level every night. And he looks like he's the most dangerous player in the NHL right now. In all honesty, right now, I'm more nervous of Matthews than I am McDavid. Um, and you know, he signed that four year contract extension this off season and he's putting it to good use already. Cause you know, so many times after signing big contracts or extensions, players tend to fall flat because they have nothing to prove in that moment. They earn the extension. They're not in a contract year right now. Austin Matthews is the opposite and he looks dangerous. He certainly does look dangerous. Now I do right now think he's the second best player in the league. Uh, I probably would have agreed with you if I didn't see that McDavid goal versus Nashville last night. I'm like, nobody in the NHL is doing that besides McDusty. I'm just telling you, that was freaking salt and pepper right there. I love to see that. But Matthews, man, last year he came in with a wrist injury. Remember, he hurt his wrist in the mm-hmm. preseason. It just never – it took him six games to score his first. Yep. Um, now he has six goals after three. Um, he's only and he scored 40, like kind of accidentally last year, like injured less than himself. Austin Matthews scored 40, which means he has a hundred in the past two seasons because he had 60 the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, the first of his six goals so far this season was the 300th in his NHL career, and it only took him nine fewer games than it did Alexander Ovechkin to reach um 300 career goals. I legitimately, if healthy think that Matthews can be a 700 goal guy. He could push 800. And then if everything goes right for him, he could try to challenge Wayne Gretzky, Alexander Ovechkin, you know, with the high eights. But, um, you know, that requires 20 years of health and whatnot. That's hard to predict. But I think 700, like 600 gets you to the Hall of Fame. I I think he's halfway there already, and he's 24, 25, whatever. Um, I'm happy for Matthews. It's good. It looks like he's back. It looks like he's healthy. It looks like he's back to being the second best player in the league. I don't think 70 goals is out of the realm of possibility for like three or four guys in the league right now. Um, Matthews is one of them. I asked Tom, I said, do you think he gets 50 this year? He said 42, and I kind of agree with him, I think. Nah. I think I think that is healthy. If healthy, fully yeah, healthy. Yeah, I, do. I think we're going to see a step back. No shot. I, I don't know. I kind of agree with him. Hello? Are you here? I'm here. You're, like, lagging. Am I still? Yeah. Well, talk about your um, math I don't know. mistake. 
I, it's not a take. I mean, I just he I said, you think he gets 50? And he's like, yeah, I think 42. 40 for sure, but 42. I said, that's not a bad idea. Some people start off really hot and then kind of falter a little bit. I mean, Ovechkin's still on pace for four goals for Christmas, so we're, we're right there. Glad he doesn't have a point right now. <laughs> I didn't say anything about points. No, I know, but I'm just saying I'm glad that Ovechkin doesn't have a point. Yeah, I'm sure you are. That's fine. You're a freaking <laughs> haters. You and Tom are haters. Austin Matthews is going to have – if fully healthy, he's going to have 42 goals? He's already got six. You think he's scoring 30-something the rest of the way? That'd be a lot. No, it wouldn't. If he had Not for him. Goals, ah. There are different expectations for different people. Austin Matthews will have had a very disappointing season if he ends with 42 goals. Jack Hughes had 43 last year. I mean, Matthews I'm, is the best goal scorer in the NHL. In I'm opinion. not saying it's going to happen, but I could see it happening. I think he has a better chance to get 70 than 40. He's getting 40 for sure. If oh, This is all if healthy. Last year he scored 40 and he couldn't move his wrist. There were a lot of banking goals, a lot of tip-ins. That shot is back, dude. I know. <laughs> and that's the difference between Matthews having a one-goal game and a three-goal game. Like in his rookie year, he had four in the first game. Hawks shut him down. Hawk shut him great. down, which I hated. Listen, I'm a Chicagoan. I was born here, raised here. I probably will die here. They were like, oh, he has a good chance to get his third hat trick in a row because he's playing the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> what the hell? You don't just score a hat trick because you're playing a bad team. Otherwise, <laughs> every top goal scorer would have four or five yeah. six hat tricks a season. Get out of here with that. I really, I was, I'm a Matthews guy. Let me make it very clear. I think your prediction for Matthews is crazy. I'm a Matthews guy. But I was so freaking happy that he didn't get a single freaking goal in the last game against the Chicago Blackhawks. I was vehemently rooting against him in that game because of all the people, oh, you could get a third in a row. He played in Chicago. Dumb. Watch hockey once in your life. But Buddy shot is back. Um, he's off tonight. Um, yeah, we'll see. If, if he has 10 goals by our next show, That'll be fun. <laughs> I mean, like, it's it's very possible. I just I like the idea that was thrown out there. It it kind of like made me think twice because I was like, 50's got to be a given, right? And then I'm like, well, you might be right. No, yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's always possible that you slow down, like it is. But I, there are some players like like if if Jack Hughes has um if Jack Hughes has four goals through his first six games or whatever. I'm not saying he's a lock for they're just some guys with different expectations. So now Tom's walking back his answer to you a little bit and saying I'm, not, was, though. I'm doing yeah. it to mess with you. Yeah, but Frank, you like you like setting on you you probably I can't when we talk about football, you probably <laughs> had the best football weekend <laughs> of your life because unders went uh 12 three and one this week. And Frankie loves unders. He hates offense. I like going against the grain a little he bit. He hates offense. Um Frankie just doesn't like when people score. He's I like goal. goal he's a goalie tender. at heart. He's <laughs> yeah. a goalie at heart. And freaking sign me up for all the goals. I hope McDusty, Drysidel, uh, I Matthews, Hughes. I hope they all get fifty. I That's really awesome. ranting in Braden Point. Do it again. I, I want everyone all the fifties. It's possible. Let's get as as much good hockey as we can. But hell yeah! Congrats to Austin Matthews. I mean, great start for him. He's clearly. Hot. Hot start. Clearly hot. Um, he's but people who think he's going to score a third straight hat he just because of his stinky opponent on the other side to only lose the game too. 
It would have been fun. Like it would have been less funny if the Leafs ended up winning. They freaking lost. Like you thought Matthews getting two goals against the Hawks was a lock and three was possible, and then you lose. Get out of here. That was hilarious to me. Uh, yeah. spe- speaking of hot starts, Brock Besser, four goals in his first night of the season, including the first ever natural hat trick in Vancouver Canucks history. For those watching, trying to learn hockey a little bit, a natural hat trick is when a player scores three straight goals or three consecutive goals. Nobody else scored in between. Um, Frank, what do you think of Besser and his start after a couple tough years in a row making his contract look albatross? I really like Brock Besser. So, so do for I. those who don't know, he was a first-round draft pick in the 2015 NHL entry draft. So far in his career, I'd say he's been a good player. His career high is 56 points. He hit 55 twice. But I think he has yet to hit his ceiling. Um, Besser could score 30 goals and have 50 assists. I strongly believe that. I think that's the type of player that he is. He was one goal shy of 30 in the 2017-2018 season. He had 29 goals. But so far this season, he's got four goals and assists through three games. The Brock Besser we saw in game one was the Besser of him unlocking his true self. He has to continue to play at that elite level each night. And I don't mean he needs to score four goals each night. I'm not saying that he needs to even score one goal every night. However, the energy, the willingness to play and want to be there has to be there. Despite this team being on the downswing the past couple of years. There's, there's a talented group of guys on this uh, roster that can help him out and help one another out. You got Elias Pettersson, JT Miller, Quinn Hughes. These are guys that can help Brock Besser unlock some of that true potential that we saw in the first game. He's a valuable asset to the team, and he would, and other teams would kill at the chance to pick them up on their team. So great start for Brock Besser. I still don't think we've seen the true Brock Besser that he's capable of. But it could be coming. Yeah, I'm a big Brock Besser fan. Um, when I, It was when I first started getting into college hockey. I told you the story about how I watched the bean pot at ECC mm-hmm. um, in the gamer section. Um, Brock Besser was on North Dakota during those times. And he was already a Vancouver draft pick, Minnesota-born kid, about to play for the Canucks one day. It was awesome. And when he came into the league, he kind of was, you know, guns ablaze and he was awesome and he earned the contract that he was given and then he started to fall off a little bit he couldn't stay fully healthy all the time but now now i'm happy to see that he's off to uh, another pretty good start this year uh has he scored since nope he has four goals on the year yeah he got an assist though um in the second game yeah if brock besser can be a 20 goal man and, I think know, he could be a 30-goal man. I really do. Oh, he would have to prove to me that he could get back there. He hasn't been back there. Um, so it makes you wonder if those days are over. But, I mean, who knows? He's a good player. He's got good players around him, as you mentioned. So, um, Frank, transitioning a little bit, Devin Taves, since yeah. our last show, signed a contract. And it was funny because earlier in that show, we talked about both him and the next player that we're going to talk about getting a contract. We mentioned both of them needing one after this season and becoming, um, mm-hmm. you know, very rich. Devin Taves didn't become as rich as I thought he was going to be. The Colorado, a great, great deal. It's a great deal for him. He's rich. Don't get me wrong. 
I I thought another million or two were going to be tacked on to his $7 million contract that he received. He is one of the best defensemen in the NHL. I believe he will. People are going to say he's getting dragged on the Team Canada, and that might be the case. You might be able to name a couple other Canadian defensemen that are better, but can you actually? Like, it, you really might not actually be able to. Um, if you're Team Canada, you want the guy most capable of playing with Kale McCarr on your roster, and Devin Taves is one of those guys. So his contract, I think it looks really good as a team-friendly deal, and he's going to be a really good part of their core for a long time. Colorado set up money now. $7.25 million per year for seven years. And this is your second best defenseman on your team behind Kale McCarr. This deal needed to be done. With McCarr and Taves running your defense's top line, good things are going to happen. The year Colorado won the Stanley Cup, he was so, so good in the playoffs. He had 15 points in 20 games for a defenseman. He was so good on defense as well. That's why they were so dangerous. They aren't done contending. Um, This is a Colorado Avalanche team that has a lot left to prove. Um, There's actually nine Colorado Avalanche players that have at least three years left on their contract, including Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon. And now you have Devin Devin Taves signed to a lengthy contract. This team is going to be great for a long time. They're only getting started. Yeah. And once they get Bo and Byram locked in a little bit, you know, they'll probably give him a decent contract. And the way that Taves and McCarr have played over the last handful of years, Bo and Byram couldn't have been drafted into a better situation. Like, he's not their number one. He doesn't have to be their number one. If the Hawks did draft him, they probably would have ruined him back and forth between the AHL. So I don't even know why I wanted them to draft a defenseman that high during the Stan Bowman years. I would firmly trust um, uh, Kyle Davidson with Bowen Byram fresh now. Um, but, like, Bowman would have kept Korchinski last year because he was good in the preseason. And then he would have sucked in the first nine games and they would have sent him to Spokane – or not to Spokane, to Seattle – you know, the sometimes how you handle these guys is smart. How dumb do the Islanders look for trading him to the yeah. Avalanche for two second round picks? Which at the time was like, oh, the uh, they're getting two second round picks back. And Colorado was like, wait till you see what we know about him, idiots. I think the Islanders are up there for one of the biggest problems in the NHL. Like, a lot's going wrong in their organization. We said like everybody around them is getting better. <laughs> And, like, they're doing nothing. Yeah. They continue to make mistakes each and every year. Do you remember what we were saying about Winnipeg? About? They got got so close Mm -hmm. a couple times. And, you know, their core was so respectable for a long time with Wheeler and Shifley and Little. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Kyle Connor was young. Hellebuck. Bufflin. Morrissey. We were like, oh, they were so good, but only one team wins the cup. A couple teams are always going to have these great cores, be so good for so long, conference finals, maybe even a cup appearance, and they just don't get that one. Yeah. That's the Islanders in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And they're just now, they get made fun of more because they're the Islanders. You know, people don't make fun of Winnipeg or anyone like like San Jose or, you know, Washington and St. Louis ended up getting the cup, so we can't make fun of them anymore. But... um. The Islanders, they were in Game 7 of the Conference Finals two years in a row. Game 7 of the Conference Finals. If either of those two games, and the team that beat them, the Tampa Bay Lightning, ended up winning the Cup both times. If New York Islanders beat Tampa Bay in Game 7 in 2020, 2021, excuse me, I firmly believe that they beat 
Montreal and win the Stanley Cup. Firmly. Yeah, Montreal um, wasn't that great. I mean, no, they upset the Leafs because remember it was the All Canadian Division for the COVID mm-hmm. year. Uh, they upset the Leafs and then they beat the Jets in the second round and then in the third round, uh, they uh, they upset Vegas in the third round. That was a a win that I think got people respecting Montreal mm-hmm. a little bit. But I mean, I don't know the Islanders. I agree with you. They're just kind of on the down. Uh, but they were so good to their, their core with Barzell and Lee and Sezikis and Martin and Clutterbuck. And uh, it was before Sorokin. But, I mean. They're just like a liability they, now. Yeah. Kind of. Bad. I, I, I think they stink. But it's like every move they make, it's like caution tape. Like, are, are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. Are you sure we want to do this? Like, yeah. every time they make a move, people on, like, social media are like, uh-oh, here we go. I mean, they're trying to make a move here. Yeah. I can't believe that they dra- or they traded for Bo Horvat when they weren't in a playoff spot and then didn't trade him again when they still weren't in a playoff spot at the trade deadline and then gave him an extension with their old team. Mm-hmm. They're not like a Pittsburgh Penguins kind of old either. And outside that first game against the Hawks, the Pittsburgh Penguins have looked real good. Mm-hmm. They're not them. They don't have that type of aging talent. It's a different kind yeah. of aging talent. Right. Um, but yeah, Devin Taves, well-deserved over there on the East coast though. Owen power gets his big deal so that, you know, I kind of think it's a smart move by Buffalo. If it pans out, he's making eight mil. That's a lot for Owen power after one full year in the NHL. If Owen power turns into what we think he could as a former number one overall pick and they have Rasmus Dahlin making 11 Owen power might be on a steal in a couple years that might be a steal in a couple years right now it's an overpayment what do you think uh well first overall pick 2021 draft he finally got the payday i think everybody was expecting seven years 58.45 million averages out to 8.35 million per year i mean he was a finalist for the calder trophy last year continues to put up tons of minutes on the ice he actually led all rookies on time on ice last season with 23 minutes 48 seconds which just shows you how much confidence the sabers have in this kid and how comfortable the he looks out there on the ice i mean this news also comes after Darlene's big contract so you know you have your two former number one overall picks now signed to lengthy contracts and this sabers team is going to try and make a run into the postseason you can't win consistently or even a Stanley Cup with poor defense. And now the Buffalo Sabres have made a statement about their defense with their most recent extensions. I don't hate the contract. I think it's a great contract. It's something you had to do. I, you really weren't giving them less, I don't think. In all honesty, it could be a big steal come later down the road. But from what I saw last year and when he was a Calder finalist, it, it's coming, I guess. Maybe not this long of a contract, you know, because you know how I feel signing big contracts before you really prove yourself, at least lengthy contracts like seven years. But just seems like this is what everybody's doing nowadays. You, you sign them for the bag, and if he turns out to be a bust, you deal with the repercussions later. Yeah, 100%. Now, Buffalo could have learned their lesson. And I do think there's a sense of, like, having trust because of a guy's pedigree. Mm-hmm. He was amazing at Michigan. Oh, yeah. And he was the number one pick. And he looked good in his rookie year on a team that was very young and didn't, you know, play defense all that well as a whole. You know, it's not like the forwards were back checking the way they will two years from now in Buffalo. Um, 
they gave Rasmus Dahlin a bridge deal, a prove it three year, six million dollar deal. Mm-hmm. And all Rasmus Dahlin during that bridge deal, all he did was go out and become one of the five or six best offensive defensemen in the NHL. And that cost Buffalo $11 million per. So instead of that, yeah, instead of having that, instead of having that, you know, bridge deal for power with the chance of him becoming a 10, $11 million player during it, they have a couple of his uh, RFA years or UFA years locked up here at this nice number. The Devils did it with Heesher and Hughes. It worked out for them. They're forwards as opposed to defensemen, so mm-hmm. it's a little different. But, I mean, sometimes you take those risks. Who who has it burned, you know, with these young players? You know, there are a couple teams that it's burned, you know. Like, there are a couple players, young players that I think are a tad bit overpaid. But, you know, for the most part, a lot of them really do turn out to be really good. So, Congrats to Owen Power. What's your question? What was the Dalian Bridge deal? How many years was that? Uh, two or three, I think. Do That's you like see a million. world where they would have signed Owen Power to a two-year deal for like a little? Obviously, you give him a little pay increase, but yeah, he probably would be like a six million dollar yeah. two-year deal. Yeah, no, I I don't because of the Dalian thing. And not only that, but because of the situation the Sabers are in, I feel yeah. like this is all or nothing right now with the Sabers core. Yeah, they don't win with this core. I mean, yeah, Tage Thompson's young, Darlene's young, Owen Powers young. Even some of their veterans, like Alex Tuck, he's on the younger side. Skinner is not old. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure Skinner was the third overall pick in the Taylor versus Tyler draft. Mm-hmm. You know, when I... Hall went one to Edmonton and Sagan two to the Bruins. I think Skinner went three to Carolina. I think. In five, let's say they won the cup in five years, right? They made this magical run. They won a cup in five years. Not surprised. This team's not going to look very different than it does now. No, not they'll in be, terms of the be, core. No, not in terms of the core. There'll be little pieces here and there, obviously. Some veterans coming from other teams, right? You don't know who, who's ending on a, a contract that they want to come and play at the trade deadline for the Sabres or whatnot. But this team, for the most part, is going to look very similar. And I think they wanted to get Owen Power locked in there. Just in case. Yes. Because if agree. you put him on a bridge deal for $6 million, and let's say he turns out to be the fourth best defenseman this year, third best defenseman, what do you do after the bridge deal? Are you giving him $8.35 million per year? Are you giving him 9 or 10 Yeah, 100%. That, I, I agree with you completely. I think that's more likely to happen than him stink. Right. That's what I agree. So I think that's why they did it ultimately. But yeah, he's not as offensively gifted as Rasmus Dahlin. He can't dangle right. and you know shoot the way Dahlin can. Like I think Dahlin can get himself into like Eric Carlson offensive territory. I really do. I but I could see Owen Power being like Drew Doughty. Oh yeah. Or I mean he's dunk, got the minutes for it too. He's out yeah. there all the time. Oh yeah. Twenty three minutes and forty eight seconds average as a rookie last year that's only going to get bigger if you were a buffalo sabers fan and darlene is becoming what he's becoming a kale mccarr um not necessarily kale mccarr in terms of his two-way but offensively Mm -hmm. a kale mccarr or eric carlson type offensive player would you sign on the dotted line right now for owen powers to reach the ceiling that ryan Suter reached absolutely ryan Suter was incredible in his prime you know, he was if in today's world, he'd probably be like a ten million dollar defenseman. Mm-hmm. He was seven back when the cap was much lower mm-hmm. when he signed the identical deal as Parisi. 
Suter, absolutely. Who was better in their prime, Suter or Seabrook? Probably Suter. Okay, because I was going to ask if you would sign for Owen Power to become Brent Seabrook's ceiling, but I think they play I a little think bit. Seabrook different. was more successful. Well, yeah, he and he had Duncan Keith as but a. In terms of partner. overall, maybe Suter. Yeah, I, I and yeah, I would I would take Suter. I, I, yeah, I would take, but like Seabrook was very valuable, obviously. And Seabrook probably fit Seabrook, the Hawks more. I was going to say Keith. Seabrook fit the Hawks better than Suter. Yeah, because Suter would have probably taken the second pair on his own with somebody else. And, you know, Oduya Yalmerson worked for whatever reason. Like, it worked so well. Like, if that's your third pair, they're probably not playing as much, which is not necessarily a good thing all the time. You know, sometimes certain types of players. I agree. I'm not saying that the Hawks should have drafted Suter over Seabrook. No, me either. Seabrook um, was the better fit. Yeah, but like I, I think, but when I'm trying to come find a comparable for Owen Power, I think Ryan Suter is actually like a decent one, or like Miro Heiskanen. Uh, I don't know. Miro Heiskanen to me, I, I don't know. I think he's fantastic. So do I. But I, I think, I think if you were watching hockey in 2009, as hardcore as you are right now, I know you were watching in 09, yeah, but not as hardcore. Not as it, not, you I didn't really watch college, to be like. Yeah, you probably watched the Hawks, but like you didn't. When Suter was on Nashville, he was he was Miro Heiskanen. He was good. He was the seventh overall pick. Like he he was considered to be so. And I think Owen Powers that got that kind of ceiling. Happy for him with his contract. If Owen Power turns out to be Seabrook, that's great. I agree. Seabrook scored a hundred goals. I don't want people to think they're watching this and I'm a Seabrook hater. Seabrook, he was a top player of mine. I love me too. Super talented, super de- deserving of everything he's done in his career. I would sign up for Seabrook's career. Yeah. Over Suter. I would rather have Seabrook's career personally over Suter. Yeah. There was a lot more that came with I his agree. role. I um, agree. So I don't want anybody to think that. I love Brent Seabrook. So if Owen Power turned out to be Brent Seabrook, huge win for the Buffalo Sabres because you need a guy like that to win a cup. Yeah. Neither Suter or Seabrook are going to the Hall of Fame, I don't think. Uh, Suter would probably have a slightly better chance, but not really. Mm-hmm. Owen Power, you don't know if he becomes a Hall of Fame type player. It's possible. It's possible. You He's know a what? Very good player. Suter went seventh overall, and Seabrook went eighth, or something like that. You know that they're kind of they were comparable in the draft, and it's very funny. Duncan Keith was better than both of them, and he was a second round pick. Um, but. Owen Power can become that kind of guy, and I'm here for it. Congrats to Brent Seabrook on being named part of the coaching staff for the – or not the coaching staff, the front office staff for Team Canada at the World Junior Classic. Let's go, Brent Seabrook. He's doing work with uh, the Vancouver Giants in terms of a developmental level in the WHL, but part of the front office for the Team Canada World Junior team. So when they carve out that roster this year and they have, you know – some of the guys that they're going to have this year. I don't know exactly who's going to fit onto that roster this year because um, they're not going to have Korchinski or they might have Del Mastro or Colton Dock or they're not going to have Korchinski or Bedard or right. anyone like that. Is Mac- Macklin Salabrini Canadian? Uh, I actually I don't know because <laughs> he played for the Chicago Steel and now he's at Boston University, so he didn't take the uh, Canadian Hockey League route. But 
you know, congrats to Brent Seabrook. Hopefully he puts together a winner except for when they play Team USA. You know, before you go on, if you were ranking like a, a tier ranking list, like S tier, A tier, B tier, I'd say right now Owen Powers B tier, but he'll get to A tier. He won't get to S tier. I agree. But he'll get to A tier. Couldn't agree more. Who's in S tier? Well, Makar. Makar. Edmund and Edmund. Fox and McAvoy. Right. And then I have like an A tier Heiskanen. But Heiskanen could be S tier some years. Is He's what I'm fringe. Saying. He's fringe. But that's what I'm saying. He's A tier for me, but he could be S tier. I don't think there's a world where Owen Power gets to S tier. I don't think when we're going over lists, I'm saying Owen Power's top five in the NHL as a defenseman, in my opinion. But he'll be in that top 20 talk, obviously. He'll be that A tier player. But for right now, he's a beer. T- B-t- beer? Oh, my God. B-tier player. Beer is good. Beer is good. Beer is good. Which is why I understand why you're a little skeptical about how much they paid him. Because a beer, a B-tier player doesn't get that. Yeah. Let me be clear. I'm skeptical. I think it's skeptical to give a 20-year-old an eight-year deal after playing one season. Right. For I'm Owen Power, I, I would still do it. I hear you. Yeah. I think they made a smart move. I agree. I like uh, the contract. Frank, since... The last time we spoke on air, which the last time we spoke on air, the Blackhawks had one game under their belt on the season, a 4-2 win over the Pittsburgh Penguins, in which Connor Bedard collected his first career NHL point, yep. a secondary assist on Ryan Donato's first goal of the season, the first Blackhawks goal of the season. The following night, the night of our last program. I knew it. I said it. You said it. against it was a breaking bets pick. Against the Boston Bruins. Yep. Connor Bedard scored a miraculous first career goal. He comes down the right wing. He gets a good shot on net, finds his own rebound, and scores on the Vezina Trophy winning Linus Allmark for his first career NHL goal. Blackhawks ended up losing to the Bruins um, 3-1. to But Uh, Bedard, Bedard had the goal. And it's his first career NHL goal. He's now completed his first career NHL week. He added an assist in the Montreal game. Um, He's got three points in four games. Frank, what have you thought of Bedard in his first week in the NHL? I got a lot to say. Can I just spew about the whole team? Please. I got a lot to say. Yeah, Uh I have a couple things to say as well. I wore my Blackhawks jersey for a reason. All right. Shout out to my good friend Nick Boss for the present. I'll, I love that. It's a very nice uh, – is that a, jer- a jersey? Or no, is that it's, a jersey? it's a reverse retro. Nice. I like it. Um, I got a lot to say. I'll start off with Connor Bedard. He had a great week. I love how much confidence he has out there on the ice. He had a three-game point streak to start the season. He had one goal, two assists. Ended, obviously, in game four. Um, but through four games, he's got three points. Great. The pressure doesn't seem to be bothering him. He averages five shots on goal per game. As a rookie, tremendous. Your best player, you want to see that out of his guys. He's got 20 shots through four games. I love that. Keep shooting the puck, kid. You're hungry every night. He's not afraid to shoot the puck. And like I said, every time he's out there on the ice, he wants to score a goal. He's hungry for a goal. He entered, we didn't talk about this on um, Wednesday show last week, but he entered this first ever warmups without a helmet, took the $2,500 fine. He's having fun. He had the flow going. Um, And that's all that matters right now. Bedard's NHL debut attracted 1.43 million average viewers on ESPN, the most ever for an NHL regular season game on cable, excluding the Winter Classic. He's making lots of headlines, just like I thought he would. 
and he will do so all season long. Love what he's doing. Congrats, Connor Bedard, on your first week in the NHL. Hats off to you. You look great. I know there's a lot of people who have higher expectations for you. You know, maybe you had three goals a lot of people were expecting through your first week. I think you're doing fantastic. Keep it up, kid. Kevin Korchinski got his first NHL point on the first power play goal of the season for the Blackhawks the other night against the Maple Leafs. I love what I'm seeing from Kevin Korchinski. I love what I'm seeing from Alex Vlasic. He's slowly developing into what the Hawks were hoping for. Vlasic had that beautiful, long stretch pass to Corey Perry for the breakaway that led to the goal. That, To be honest, and it's a small sample size, that was one of Alex Vlasic's best games to date with the Blackhawks. We are watching young players develop tremendously right under our noses, and it's great. I love what I'm witnessing. I love what I'm seeing from this defense. You know, a lot of question marks come in about this defense because they're so young, but they got a very valuable, talented, young defensive core building right now, and we're witnessing that. Love what I saw from Alex Vlasic. Veterans looked great, especially in their fourth game. Those were some of my takeaways. My honest opinion right now about the Blackhawks is you couldn't have put together a better team for these young players to develop around. I think you got the right pieces. You got the right veterans here teaching them the ins and outs of what to do that they don't know yet because they don't got that experience. And I really, truly believe you couldn't have built a better team around these guys to develop right now. Um, So far, Power play looks horrendous, really stinky. Kind of expected that with all the young guys on your team. You're putting them into these high-pressure situations. You're not really going to be that powerhouse, power play scoring team that you thought they, you know, could be. I mean, you got the guy – I mean, you got Taylor Hall, um, Corey Perry, Bedard on the power play, but Seth Jones, it's just – it's not clicking right now. And, you know, it's something I kind of expect. Face-offs have been horrendous. That really does need to change because it's annoying. Like when you're down on a power play 20 seconds and you need to score a goal and can't win a faceoff, you lose a faceoff, the game's over. Well, or especially in this past game against the Maple Leafs, they pull the goalie, you're at center ice, you want to win the faceoff, you can't win the faceoff, the Leafs get it in your own, zet, own end, and it, it's hurting you. So I that needs to I need to see a big uptick for that. I mean, the at one point the Maple Leafs had 85% of faceoff wins, which is just, come on, I mean. That's just ridiculous. But other than that, goaltending has been surprisingly strong. I look like what I've seen out of both goaltenders. Um, Blackhawks couldn't ask for a better start um, from both their goaltenders. Soderblom's look good. Mrazic's look good. I think they've each played two games and each had an off game, but each had a really good game as well. They couldn't have asked for a better start for the season, to be honest with you, and I love what I've seen so far. I agree with everything you said. It's just been fun. They're a fun team to watch. Yeah, I love great. I love what Perry, Felino, and Hall have brought to the table in terms of leadership. Hall came back way sooner than expected. This dude Don't this dude, tell me week to week and he comes back after a game. Yeah, well Get they, out of here. they feared week to week. I know. They it's feared great. it. And so credit to Hall. I just I think uh I think it's a good you know sign because Hall's been injury prone in his career from time to time. You know, so glad that he's back. What Felino and Perry have done on the fourth line with Dickinson is awesome. Mm-hmm. They're like a, you know, a legit line that teams don't want to play against. And Revo and Perry are chirping each other online now after the Maple Leafs-Blackhawks game. Perry hates Revo. Uh, Revo hates Perry. You know, awesome. Awesome stuff to see. Um, you know, I read a tweet from Mark Lazarus 
uh, right before the show that I wanted to bring up. Um, he said Blackhawks are going to have to send a SWAT team to extract Connor Bedard, Wyatt Kaiser, Kevin Korchinski, Lucas Reichel, and some of the other young guys off the ice in after practice here in Denver. The bus is waiting. Corey Perry just came out and yelled, okay, Connor wins, let's go. <laughs> that team loves playing. The young guys love it. Dude, they have a sense of urgency and they, energy out there. They make me get into it like none other. Like I'm back in the cup days watching the Hawks. I'm screaming. I'm yelling. It's great. Yeah, those guys want to snort hockey. And, like, they don't care about anything else. It is unreal. I love watching this Blackhawks team play. Joey Parisi came up to me yesterday and goes, you know, I got to say, I watched the Blackhawks from beginning to end for the first time in, like, three years when they weren't playing the Bruins. And they're fun. I loved every second of it. You know, and, you know, like me, he and like you, he watches bits and pieces of every team. Mm-hmm. You know, he watched the Hawks play a little bit last year, even when they yeah. weren't. But like to sit down and be locked into a game from beginning to that's end, fun. you can't do that for every team every night. You know, it's impossible. And you know, I try to like it. I rarely ever like fully lock in on one game other than the Devils because I want to watch everyone. I get bits yeah. and pieces. Last night, I was seeing what the Oilers were doing against Nashville, had Dallas Vegas at the end of the game on because that turned into a slug fest. Um, you know, so stuff like that happens. The Hawks are one of those teams that people want to watch. It That's is great. the Chicago's the third largest metropolitan in the United States of America, which makes it about the seventh or eighth largest market in the NHL. And, you know, it's good to have a guy like Connor Bedard there. Korchinski will get that first career goal. Vlasic has been unreal. Um, you know Alex Vlasic is a long-distance cousin of Mark Edward. Mark Edward Vlasic, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Great defenseman. I'd sign up for Owen Power. That, that would be, That's like his floor. I mean, their defense needs more pieces, but they look great from what I've seen. I mean, they're developing great. I love Korchinski. Yeah, I love Alex Korchinski's Vlasic. a dog. Honestly, dude, where would Korchinski go in a redraft? He's he's the third best defenseman in the draft. And he was drafted high. He was seventh overall. Yeah. I, Does he go five? I, he would, go ra- I would rather him than um, Slavkovsky. Yeah, right now. I would rather him than Shane Wright. He's been so good. I'd, I know you don't probably want to admit that yet. You were a Shane Wright guy. I like Shane Wright too, but I think I would take Korchinski. And I then think it's gonna turn out to be a huge success. Yeah. And then out of Nemich, Yurichek, and Korchinski, it'll be fun to rank them, you know, as, as the top defenseman in the draft mm-hmm. from 2022. Um, which if all three of them turn out to be like stud muffin defensemen, like just true number one or number two guys. Then we're going to look back at the people who tried to tell us that that 2022 draft was nasty and laugh at all of them. Oh, yeah. Just because there's no generational talent going first overall doesn't mean that, you know, you're not going to get good players that go in the top 10. Right. So I don't know. Because next year, Macklin Celebrini is going to get a lot of, you know, um, praise. And so is this Yeiserman or Iserman kid. Uh, BU played against the development program team last week, mm-hmm. and the development program beat BU eight to one. 
and Iserman, who's a BU commit for next year, yeah, lit it up. That's good. It is good. I don't know much about him yet. Yeah, he'll be number two. He'll never be a teammate with uh, Celebrini at, at college, I don't think. I think Celebrini will play in the NHL next year. Um, Iserman probably can't. He's committed to BU. I don't know how breaking those contracts work. But, um, yeah, really cool stuff. Good for the Blackhawks. Um, I'm excited to see how Rockford starts doing. When does the AHL kick off? It's got to be soon. Very soon. Yeah, I don't I'm, know the exact date, but it's very soon. I'm going to go see Comesso make a start. Probably if I can, if I get wind and I'm free that he's making a start against the Wolves at Allstate Arena, I'll go. Mm-hmm. I want to see Comesso play a game in person. Do it. Um, but yeah, Frank, it's fun talking about the Hawks. We're going to be talking about the Hawks all season long period. One was an hour and nine minutes and that's long for a period on this show. Um, so we're going to move on to just basically more hockey talk in period number two. Welcome to period two. Holy crap. It took us long to get here. Frank, I touched on it. The Pittsburgh Penguins are off to a good start. What's your take? The Pittsburgh Penguins are off to a good start. They've looked good in every game that they played so far, including the one that they lost to the Hawks. They open up the season two to one. Does they're God still, hate them when they play the Hawks? They're still probably having nightmares about that game. I, I think that game slip away from them. And the buddy fucking Robinson. Game. I know. I um, think the Hawks, they just own. They're so them. deep in their heads. Yeah. It doesn't matter who's better. The Pens are better than the Hawks. Wasn't, Sorry. Didn't they beat them in the outdoor game too? And that was like one of their first. Outdoor wins, right? They was, were like, I think it was their only yeah. out. I think the Taves and Kane era team went yeah. one and five, and they beat. They the win another. Did they win a different one. They lost to the Wild. They, they lost, lost to the, the Blues, the Capitals, the Red Wings, the Bruins, the Red Wings. Yeah, I feel like there's one we're missing that they won. Well, I know they have the most outdoor games, so there might be another one. <laughs> I, people who hated that run of them getting outdoor games are about to be nice and pissed off over the next handful of years. <laughs> Give me a Devils Blackhawks stadium series. It could happen. It could happen. The league loves marketing Jack Hughes just as much as they love marketing Bedard. That'd be great. New Dude, Jersey the, versus Chicago. The Hawks own the Penguins. That's just what yeah. it is. It's just yeah. what it is. I mean, it's called spade a spade, right? Malkin, Crosby, and Latang have played great. They've combined for 13 points through three games. Gensel has six points. Newly acquired Riley Smith has three points. <laughs> the offense has been clicking. Jari is having a way better start to this year than he had last year. And that's going to be key for the remainder of the year, especially since everyone's been contributing so much in this early portion of the season. You have to continue to give Jari goal support, and he'll be the goalie that you know carries you into the playoffs. You know, they benefit now going forward for a from a to a very easy October schedule. Six of their next eight games come against teams that didn't make the playoffs last year, like the Ducks, the Sharks, so what, so be it. So they got a fairly easy schedule coming up um, within their next eight games. This is a really good opportunity to clamp down and march forward in the Metropolitan Division. They're here to prove me wrong because I still don't have them as a playoff team. So prove me wrong, Pittsburgh Penguins. This is your chance. They're off to a good start. Sydney and Gino. Yeah. As long as they drive the bus, the team could go. I like Gensel. We'll see if Eric Carlson's able to like really start lighting it up. Um, you know, the Metropolitan Division, it has good teams in it. The Penguins are one of them. Whether they make the playoffs or not, they're going to, you know, believe that they're a highly skilled team because they are. 
And the fact that Sydney and Gino are already off to, you know, a heavy producing start, I think is a good sign of what's to come for this team. Um, I think they're going to win a fair amount of games this year. I know they're old, but they're old and elite still. Like mm-hmm. I, I have no reason to not trust Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and what they've done so far in their career. Um, oh, and we're going to get to a little bit more detail on Malkin in a couple minutes here with something. But I, I am happy with how they've started so far. I can't believe they're the one team they decide to be cursed against <laughs> is the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, we were robbed. <laughs> we were robbed of a Blackhawks Bruin or a Blackhawks Penguin Stanley Cup final. That's though. what I said last week. Yeah, I said that last week. Yeah, we were robbed. How did they never match up? We got Blackhawks Flyers, Blackhawks Lightning, Blackhawks Bruins. No Blackhawks Penguins, but they did face each other in the Stanley Cup back in the nineties when yeah. the Hawks got swept. Yep, so. Mario Lemieux. Those Yager, that generation team. didn't get screwed out of Blackhawks Penguins, but we did. Who did the Penguins beat in the other cup? They won back to back cups. Impress me. Impress me. I'm not going to be able to. Uh, the team that they played Detroit? against no longer lives where they did at that time. Is it the Thrashers? Nope. Was it the. Um, Hartford Whalers? Nope. It's one of those types of teams, though. They still exist today, but at a different location. Nordiques? Nope. I don't know. The Minnesota North Stars lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins in the Stanley Cup final back-to-back year with the Blackhawks. Um, hmm. Yeah. Now the Dallas Stars. Um, oh, that reminds me of something, Frank. little off-topic question here. Okay. Who has the right to wear Minnesota North Stars throwback equipment? The Wild or the Stars? In your opinion. Who has the right to wear Minnesota North Stars? Yeah. That's a deep question. I, and I see Just both sides. Just give me a second. I'm coming to an answer. And there's a reason I, I'm asking you this. I'd have to say, honestly, the Minnesota Wild. Thank you. Because they're from Minnesota. Dallas Stars, just because they're called the Stars. I'd have to go the Minnesota Wild. I agree with you, and here's why. The people that cheered for the Minnesota North Stars are still in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. They moved to Dallas. Those people don't care about the North Stars. Yeah, I mean, they... Really, jerseys and merch, that's for the fans, for the most part. Right? Like, we buy the merch. The, the kid, the 2000-whatever... Minnesota Wild, their great-grandparents were going to have been North Stars fans, and nobody in Dallas was watching hockey pre-them getting there. Um, Skoke says Wild, Tom says Dallas. It's always going to be a varying opinion. The reason I think this, and the reason what made me think of it. However, I have a take, but I'll let you go. No, go ahead with your take. I could see why people think it's the Dallas Stars. It's their organization. Exactly. But and in that in doing. that sense, I you could flip me. You could flip me either way, to be honest with you. That's not what's important in my opinion. What's important in hockey is tradition and fans and loving the game and 
trying to get every many people as we can to love hockey. Why would the Dallas Stars want to wear Minnesota North Star stuff? That just makes no – it doesn't calculate in my brain. Right, right, right. Minnesota Wild are changing their colors for one of their jerseys to the North Stars colors on the Wild logo that's coming out this season. Right. That's their that, – that franchise belongs to that area. That's their demographic, the North Stars fans. The reason they were called the North Stars was because you can see the North Star from Minnesota. So they, it belongs to that area, but it belongs to the Dallas franchise. It's like split. Goals, assists, points, hits, face-offs, that all, belong, that all belongs yeah. to the Dallas Stars. Right. Mark Mike Madonna was part of that franchise. Right. He's not part of Minnesota Wild franchise. Right. You know, Marion Gabrick, or no, Marion Gabrick was the Wild. Uh, I'm trying, Joe, Sa if, oh, Winnipeg. Mark Shifley is an Atlanta Thrasher, like draft pick. Right. Dustin Buffalo, they didn't play for Team Mussolini's Jets. Team Mussolini's Jets are in Arizona. Those records belong to Arizona. The all-time leading scorer in Arizona Coyotes history is somebody that never played. That I'm that, that I agree with. Stats travel with the team. Correct. Jer jerseys and lore and all that sticks with the area for me. I um, I agree. I I lean towards in favor of the Wild in that case. The reason I'm asking is the Tennessee Titans are going to wear Houston Oilers jerseys later this season, and I think that is the stupidest thing. I've ever heard. You think I, Houston should do that? The the Houston Oilers belong to Texans fans. In terms of jerseys, who the all time leading passer or whatever, that's the Titans franchise. See, I'm so torn because I think stuff like that's so cool. Like to go back to like retro jerseys that you used to be like. It's yeah, if the, you used to wear them. Like and, it would be cool, like if the like if the Jets wore Thrasher stuff, but they're not the Thrashers. Like I get what you're saying, like. I, I'm cool with it without an Atlanta team. Existing. Oh, you're saying if Atlanta came back. If Atlanta came back, I better not see uh, the Thrashers being worn by Winnipeg. When the Houston – watch, you mark my words. When the Houston – or when the Tennessee Titans wear their Houston Oilers jerseys, there's going to be more backlash this season. It's already announced. But once it's on people's TV and there's another Houston team in the NFL that – I hear what you're saying. And you're not there. I don't I'm know. Torn. I'm just not I'm a torn. fan. I'm torn now. I'm not a fan of it. I'm leaning more towards in favor of the Wild in that situation. Yeah, like yeah. The, the Dallas Stars. They but it's be but but stars. but when I think of the of the North Stars, I do think of the Dallas. Stars. Me too. Me too. I don't, I don't think of the Minnesota Wild. Like obviously, because that was their franchise. That was their organization. Yes. Um. Remember when the Blackhawks played the Wild outside? I was there. The University of Minnesota. Yep. Um, the Wild won six to one, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I was there, and I was also there the day before at the alumni game, and it was the Blackhawks versus the Wild slash North Star alumni. They got it right. They got it right that year. I, I think in that situation too, you can honor. It, you're honoring Minnesota this hockey. Tough. This is a tough conversation. You're, if you're honoring Minnesota hockey, you have to include the North Stars and the Wild. If you're You'll honoring, never get everybody to agree. To no, one I know. I know. But if you're honoring Houston NFL football, you had the Oilers. Now you get the Texans. 
like i don't know very funny conversation that comes from i feel like i could talk about this for hours yeah which we're not going to let happen because we have to move on. <laughs> it came from talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins um, because they played the Minnesota North Stars in the Stanley Cup final. And then I saw earlier today while watching Pat McAfee that the uh, Texans are wearing Houston Oilers jerseys soon, and it really pissed me off. Uh, I loved the Vikings throwback jerseys over the weekend. Or not the Vikings. The Vikings are coming soon. The Buccaneers. With the creamsicle yeah. jerseys, uh-huh. those were so sweet, and the logo so sweet. But I digress. The logo Frank remind, reminds me of Harrison Ford. Yes, it does. <laughs> it does, and I have a sweatshirt with that logo uh-huh. having Tom Brady's face. Yeah. Um, Frank Jack Hughes and the Devils mediocre start one one and one. Jack Hughes himself has looked really good. Jesper Bratt himself has looked really good. Need more from the Nico Heischers, Timo Myers, and Dawson Mercers of the world. Dougie Hamilton's been on fire. Tyler Toffoli's been a good fit. Um, one loss was the shootout mm-hmm. could go either way. And the other loss, they went down four nothing, came back and got the game to four three and couldn't get the equalizing goal. Um, what's up with the devils? Well, I broke down the Hawks. I'll break down the devils a bit too. So here's what I got from the devils. They Jack Hughes has been scintillating so far. Two goals. Scintillating. Scintillating. Wow. Two goals. Four assists scintillating through three games. Devils are one, one, and one. And their problem hasn't been with scoring, but rather the slow starts that hurt them the most, especially that game against the Florida Panthers. Devils need to find ways to get on the scoreboard early and limit the amount of time they are trailing in the games. Not a lot of players are standing in front of the net to screen the goaltender. Got to make it hard on the goalies. These are NHL goalies. They're going to stop pucks that they could see so clearly. You didn't see anybody on the Devils stand in front of the net to try and screen Bobrovsky. It wasn't until later in the game that they started. the Devils started to make these changes when it was just too late, right? They also, this is a big problem for the Devils right now, they also have to stop taking too many penalties. They took eight penalties against the Coyotes, five penalties against the Panthers. Both games they lost by one goal. The game-winning goal for the Panthers ended up being a power play goal scored by Reinhardt. The game-tying goal for the Arizona Coyotes was a power play goal by Nick Schmaltz late in the third period against the Coyotes. It was their second power play goal of the game. You can't take eight penalties a game. That's being shorthanded 30% of the game. Imagine being shorthanded 30% of an entire NHL game. You can't even take five penalties per game because you're shorthanded 15% of the game. You can't expect to win if you don't have the right number of guys out there on the ice. They need to be more disciplined going forward, and I think that's the biggest area they need to clean up right now. Absolutely. Uh, Quick Google definition of the word scintillating spelled S-C-I-N-T-I-L-L-A-T-I-N-G, sparkling or shining brightly. That is the way Frank Mueller described Jack Hughes' game so far. He's an absolute freaking beast. Um, Love watching Jack Hughes. Uh, They gave a power play goal to Detroit, too, the game they won. Alex Dabrinkit on the power play. So, yeah, they got to stop taking penalties. They got to have better starts. I think the third period of this last game is definitely more of what the Devils actually are. I'm not even a little bit worried at a 1-1-1 start. Um, When they do play good, they play good and they're dangerous. Um, I kind of expected it. Once they went 7-0-0 in preseason, I'm like, the first week of the season is going to suck. Cause like you just don't dominate like that in the regular season. Like they really, they barely trailed in preseason. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Like they just mostly won every game they played and with relative ease, even the games like their B team beat the Rangers a plus team. Um, so, you know, it's just not like that in the regular season. I had a feeling that'd be a little bit of a slow start. Yeah. Um, a bunch of days off here in a row now. Um, they, they don't play. They could use it. Honestly. Yeah, they could absolutely use it. They got a couple games in a row against teams. They should beat. They should beat the Islanders on Friday. Mm-hmm. They should be able to beat the Canadians on Tuesday. Then you have Washington and then the Sabres and then back to back against the wild to kick off November. I think you should be able to take care of a lot of these teams. The wild are probably their hardest opponent over yeah. the next handful of games. They play them back to back. The Sabres will be tough. No doubt. They got the blues on November 3rd, the Blackhawks on November 5th. And then it's the big showdown with the Colorado avalanche. So you know, they have a chance here to put some points in the bank. They need to Absolutely. play like they did in the third period. Jack Hughes could legit, like he's second in the league in scoring right now. He could be the 110, 120 point guy that we've always wanted him to be. He is just sensational. He's got the most points through three games in Devils history. Um, just an absolute superstar. I love watching him play. Um, that's really all my analysis on the Devils right now is like, don't panic. You know, they blew a game in the, in the shootout. Right, like, oh, if Jesper Bratt scores a goal in the shootout and they win that game instead, we feel so much differently about the team. Does that actually change what the team actually is? No. The game against Florida going down four nothing pissed me off, but then they battled back. Yeah. If they would have just laid down and lost that game four nothing, I'd be shaking in my boots right now a lot more than I would be <laughs> if they didn't look freaking awesome. Their best period of the season by far yep. was the third period against Florida. And you know what? You, you have a slow start like that, three games in a row, you're asking for trouble. And when you're not playing Arizona or Detroit, two non-playoff teams from last year, you're playing Florida, who is in the Stanley Cup final. Matthew Kachuk is going to make a couple plays. Reinhardt's great. Verhage scores. Um, you know, they, they're different. Florida's good. And they were on a losing streak, too. Started the season slowly. 0-2-0, and 0-3-0. You never want to be playing that team. Uh, I hate that. I knew going in, I'm like, Florida's going to be at the top of their game. You got to get that first win. You never, like, I feel bad for whoever's playing the Kraken or San Jose going forward. Those are the only two teams left in the NHL without a loss or without a win, I mean. Um, yeah, and those I, are always the scariest teams. They are. Against. They are. I was so, like, against Florida, <laughs> they came out firing. Oh, my God. And a team like that that was in the cup last year, they have good players. Hello to Bachigaloop in the chat. Thank you for making it over to the podcast. He comes from the Let's Go Devils podcast fan base. He's always commenting. Score yeah, yeah, I recognize whatnot. his name. Here um, so that's my thoughts on the Devils, honestly. I, I think the Sharks are the worst team in the league. Oh, yeah. We agreed on that in preseason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Kraken stink, too. Then they're not the worst team in the league. No. no. Like, not even close. No, I think they'll figure the out a way. Sharks they'll, they'll rank horrendous. Dude, if it weren't for Mackenzie Blackwood, they would have zero points. They're going to figure out – they'll probably have the best odds at celebrating. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, they just don't look like they could hit water if they fell out of a boat. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> and Cal McCarr ties it up on the 50th shot of the night. <laughs> And then they lose in the, and then they, I can't like Blackwood played well. He looked like early devils Blackwood. Yeah. And I don't like Blackwood. I know you don't. Um, (laughs) Sorry. 
but he was good in his early Devils days. Oh my god! And forty nine saves he made, shutout going. Kale McCarr on the fiftieth shot of the night. Uh, Blackwood ended up making fifty saves on fifty one shots, and then they lost in the shootout. The Sharks stink. VP, I I thought they'd be bad. I don't think they. I didn't think they'd be this bad. I Good. mean, I'm thinking like forty eight points. Are they, they going to have four, less than fifty points? If they trade horrendous. If they trade Couture and Hurdle, it's absolutely oh possible. What about Kevin LeBanc? I think a team would be interested in Kevin LeBanc. There are a lot of good players on the Sharks that I think teams I would consider. Do some research really quick. Let's see. <laughs> who is the team who had the least amount of points in NHL history? Uh, Colorado had 48 the year the Devils took Heischer. That was the worst team I've seen. Oh, well, I mean, they won't be this bad, but. An expansion team. One of the expansion teams. Was it Washington? Washington. Yeah. In 1974-75, they had 21 points. Their first ever year. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they won their first game. But in, like, the past, like, since the early 2000s, like, since 2000, they might have the least amount of points ever. Like, if they get 48 points or something like that, wouldn't surprise me. They look terrible. Do they have one point? I think they have an overtime or shootout loss. Well, they have the shootout loss. That's it. Yeah, I know that. Okay. They look bad. They're bad. <laughs> They're so bad. Yeah. They're like <laughs> it was funny they were winning they were winning 3 to 1 against Carolina going into the third yesterday and I was like Sharks? <laughs> 3 3 to 1 Sharks against the Hurricanes. Against the Hur 3 to 1 Sharks? Yeah. Like Chris Berman used to do. During the fastest two minutes, sharks. If there was like a a team creating an upset, like when the Rams were really bad, and if they were beating a good team like the Patriots, he'd be like twenty-one to seventeen Rams. <laughs> Very it's funny, crazy. Very funny. All right, Frank, what's your favorite hockey story of the week? Well, for those who may or may not know, the NHL has imposed a dumbass rule that bans the use of pride tape while on the ice. So my favorite hockey story of the re- week is Scott Lawton doesn't give a flying F about this rule and for the Philadelphia Flyers, and he doesn't care about the ban and will continue to use the tape despite the ban, and I think that's great. I hope more people continue to show their support for the LGBTQ plus community. No one should be able to ban the use of pride tape. You should be able to use whatever kind of tape you want out there on the ice. I mean, this is one of the dumbest bans I have ever heard of. And it's honestly a very bad look for the NHL. Scott Lawton said that even if he has to go out and buy the tape himself, he will do it and continue to support the LGBTQ plus community. Um, Scott Lawton is a, is great for doing this, and I hope more players follow in his footsteps. Don't let some silly band stop you from supporting your beliefs. So that's my favorite hockey story of the week. A class act human Scott Lawton is, and he's been a huge advocate for that community for uh, many, many years now. So good for him, and I hope more people continue to do what he's doing. Absolutely. Just a terrible, disgusting look by the NHL. I hope – I hope they figure out a way to like just let people. I don't know how you ban that. Yeah, that's honestly crazy to me. Like, if you're one of the a holes that like don't want to use the pride tape, like, I I can deal with that type of player, Mm -hmm. like a Provorov or something, not using it. And if nobody's forcing you to use it, yeah, yeah, that that's where I would probably do it. Even though I'm gonna firmly judge you if you're that scared of a rainbow, but. You know, 
I am going to judge you and make fun of you. But I I do think um, that it's just a terrible look, and it makes you know how could we, how like could that. you do that? Like how how is that allowed? How like why wouldn't Bettman consider how that makes some people that are huge fans of the game feel? Like I don't even know like how that's allowed. Yeah, I mean. There's two types of people, Frank. There's the extreme right who suck, and there's the extreme left who also suck. So the people that are like kind of like level-headed and look at things from just like a, I want to be a good, a decent human being type of perspective, they get screwed because both sides are just whack jobs. Yeah. It... So you know there are people that despise certain t- groups of people and whatnot, but. Um, it's a good favorite hockey story of the week. Good on Scott Lawton. There are plenty of other people who echo his sentiment. The it honestly is- makes me want to get a Lawton jersey. Yeah, I believe it. Well, see if because they're not wearing pride jerseys this year either. Dumb. That's unbelievable. See if you could find an old one though from previous years. Yeah. I bet you could. Or like Absolutely. the jer- the Probably jersey shirt. Yeah, they're out there. Uh, mine isn't going to top yours in terms of importance. But my favorite hockey story is when college hockey has started. And I don't know if people watching can see um, when I show it on the screen. I probably should have sent it to you so you could have it ready. But Is it easy to get to? I could pull up a link. Um, yeah. Why don't you just pull up a link really quick? Uh, obviously, college hockey has started. And it's being sent to you via text message right now. Oh, well, that's not going to help. Is there oh, where, do you, through, where uh, do you need it? Twitter? Twitter? Yeah, I could send it to you on Twitter. Um. It is obviously college hockey season, which is really awesome. I love it. I'm all in on it this year, especially. I'm probably going to be all in on it every year sent, by the way. Um, I do like when club teams that play at big football or basketball schools, though, start to get in the game a little bit. And last year we saw teams like UCLA and USC and Oregon reveal some outstanding hockey jerseys. Well, the Texas Longhorns just revealed some hockey threads and I legitimately think that they are the coolest hockey jerseys going right now. And Frankie's putting them up on the screen. If you're listening to the audio version, um, go check them out. I, I tweeted them from Puck Pro's Twitter account, at Puck Pro's Pat oh, nice. Puck underscore pros. I honestly think those are my favorite college hockey jerseys in the nation, and I want one so bad. I tried to buy one today. I look, I went to look and I couldn't find them on the store. I'm going to do a little more extended research, but I, I've always thought the Longhorns have outstanding gear. And I love sport. the font. The font is awesome. The cream Jersey, where the numbers are, the mm-hmm. fact that the numbers are orange, the Texas flag on the shoulder. I love a good shoulder patch. Where's the shoulder patch? I love a good shoulder patch. Um, Really, really cool stuff. Very nice jerseys. Yeah, so that's my favorite hockey story of the week. College hockey's back. Make sure you watch college hockey. Frank Bocicaloup wants to know how many, uh, how often do you guys see the Hawks live? Like how many games per season? Um, I'm obviously a Devils fan, so I wrote, I go through my Hawks games, my Hawks visits based on when the Devils play. Um, I can't. I have to do (laughs) pregame before every Devils game. I have. I have two days off as of right now on the devil's pregame. I won't be on the show on October 24th or November 5th. The reason I'm not going to be on on October 24th is because I'm going to be seeing the Blackhawks play the Bruins. 
Um, I will be at the United Center watching that and, uh, you know, the Devils, they play. I'll be watching the game, but I won't be doing game day live for it. That's that special day where there's uh, every single team, all 32 teams play for the first time or the second time ever. And there's going to be a different one starting every 15 minutes. Bucci's doing that thing on ESPN. Yeah, Bucci's doing that thing on ESPN. Frozen Frenzy. The Frozen Frenzy. I wanted to be at one of those games on the Frozen Frenzy. And so we're going when they play the Bruins. And then I won't be doing game day live on the 5th because the Devils are in town playing the Blackhawks. I have tickets to both of those games. So I want to go see the Hawks in a game where I could wear this um, and root for the Hawks. And I'll probably do that soon. They're still on the road. They haven't. Connor Bedard hasn't played a home game yet. Um, <laughs> Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, finally. Um, but I probably see five or six games a season on average. Yeah, I mean, I wish I went to more games. I don't go to that many games a season, maybe two on a good note. Definitely probably be an uptick more now that Bedard's on the team. Um, I went last year. Did I go twice or once? I know I saw the Coyotes in person. They you won saw the- a sick game. You saw a game where the AHL's two leading scorers yeah. were both in the NHL game. I'd say like two is average. I want to go to more. Um and now I have a reason to go to more. Yeah, I want to go to one with you. I've never been to a Hawks game with you. Really? Have I? I don't think I have. I don't know, but I was writing. I, I like to think of like all the teams I've seen live against the Hawks. Uh-huh. I've seen the Lightning twice. I've seen yeah. the Predators. I've seen the Blues. I've seen the Coyotes. I've seen the Ducks. I don't know. That could be it, but I feel like I'm missing somebody. Lightning twice, Predators, Ducks. Oh, I've seen the Wild. Did I say the Wild? I've seen the Wild. So I've seen like seven or eight different teams. Interesting. I haven't seen every team in the league. I've seen – I have all the teams written down here for a project I'm working on for Puck Pros. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen the Kings. I've never seen the Ducks. I've never seen the Sharks. I've never seen Vegas. I've seen Calgary. I saw Calgary play Detroit. In Detroit, um, I've not seen Edmonton. I've seen Vancouver. I've never seen Seattle. I've seen Chicago, Minnesota, Nashville, Colorado, Dallas, Winnipeg, St. Louis, and Arizona. No, I've never seen Arizona. So I've seen every team in the Central except Arizona. Um, that was a fun game too against the Coyotes that we went to. That oh, was yeah. that game. Yeah, the video game day. That was um, the game that they had that where I saw whatever you said. The uh, AHL's two yeah. leading scores. Yeah. Um, Devils, Islanders, Rangers. I've never, oh, I have seen the Flyers. I've seen Pittsburgh, Washington, never seen Carolina, and I've never seen Columbus. I've seen Boston, Toronto, Tampa Bay. No. So there's only like five or six teams I've never seen in person. Um, it's fun though to knock them all off. I haven't all seen them play the Hawks. I think I've seen the Predators twice now that I think about it. Have you seen the Predators twice? I think I have too. I've seen the Lightning. Well, I've seen oh. the Predators in the playoffs. I was at that triple overtime game when Seabrook scored a minute into triple overtime in the playoffs. Oh, that's right. You were the there. They won the cup in 2015. Were you with me when I saw them play Nashville with Dan and all them? Oh, yeah. We went to a game. Yeah, we went I've to a I've seen the Predators right. three times. Yeah. I've seen right. with G. You you saw the we that game the Hawks oh, lost. God. The Hawks lost one nothing. I was so mad. Yeah. I was irate. Yeah. PK Subban's first ever playoff game with the Devil with the Range or the Predators. 
That's right. So yeah. I've seen the, the Preds three times, I think. Yeah, I mean, you see a division rival fairly often, I feel like. Like, like I've seen every team in the Central except Arizona because I live in Chicago. I haven't like, seen the Stars. or the. Have I seen Colorado? I don't think I've seen Colorado. I don't my, know. It's hard to – I save all my ticket stubs, and, like, that's – obviously a thing of the past because not 90 percent of the time it's on the phone now yeah but i should go through and like look at some of the old ones i you know the ducks should. the ducks were my second ever hawks game really they won who was Four your first three. the uh blues oh yeah i uh the stars were my first blackhawks game that's a good game to go to yeah louis erickson yeah the stars were interesting back then. Uh, Jamal Mayer's got in a fight. I'm trying yeah. to think of who he fought, though. Was it Gavrikov? No. I don't remember who Jamal Mayer's fought. But he, he got in a fight in that game. Uh, Seabrook scored a goal. Um, yeah, and I've seen Colorado. I was at that game where the Hawks were losing 2-1 to one with three minutes left. And Taves and Carcillo scored a goal in a minute and 13 seconds. And the Hawks won 3-2 to two in regulation. Didn't you see the Leafs? Oh, I've seen the Leafs. I've seen the Leafs. I almost I make it a point to go in their one visit to Chicago every year. I didn't go see the Leafs last year, though. Um, but, yeah, the Leafs have been one of those teams that I, like, scout the schedule. And, like, them, the Penguins, the Devils, the Bruins, I scout those games. and Lightning were fun, up. too. Yeah. Like the Lightning. I've seen the Lightning. I saw the Lightning from the glass. That's cool. That's yeah, really cool. That's the game I sat on the glass was against the Lightning. I sat right next to Anders Lindback, the backup goalie oh, for yeah, I remember him. It was the year Ben Bishop kind of took over mm-hmm. as the starter. Um Martin St. Louis, Stamkos. Uh do you remember Yori Laterra? Yep. Um no, he was on the Blues. I'm thinking of somebody else. There was another Lightning player that we really liked back then. Oh, Valtteri Filpula. He was on the Lightning. Uh, Hawks Detroit for Scopes. I'm sure that was exciting. Yeah. Have you ever seen the Hawks play Detroit? No. I haven't either. I don't think I've seen Detroit, but every time I've seen, I've seen Detroit twice, and they were both in Detroit. They played the Leafs one of the times and Calgary the other. It's like sometimes my memories run together. Like I think I've seen them and then I don't. Yeah. For sure. I've, I've heard Detroit sucks against not Detroit. Oh, I'm Which sure. Is very funny. Oh, all right, Frank. It's time for the moment of truth. We're going to talk about that bullshit ESPN. I'll pull up the list for people to yeah, see. Pull up the list because that way I. I don't know why you're so mad about it. I was it's like, what could he be mad about? The worst list of all time. Why? This list absolutely. Stinks. I understand certain points, but why are you so mad? I'm going to point out why. Um, you're gonna you're gonna think this list stinks is by the, the right time list? I'm done with you. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's it. We'll go down to. I mean, okay, number one, correct. Look at number two. I just want to make sure, okay, everybody could see it. Just wanted to make sure. Oh, yeah, everyone could see it. All right, so two, Kale McCarr, I don't hate the argument. You probably got Nathan (laughs) McKinnon right there. Uh, You know, and then who's who's four? Oh, they put Jack Hughes four. Okay. So far, so good, right? But But, Frank, wrong. I love Jack Hughes. I think he could be the second best player by next year. But right now, wrong. Wrong. You would not rather Jack Hughes than Austin Matthews or Leon Dreisaitl right yeah, now. This is a prediction. It's the best it's players in the. It's gonna... the best players in the league right now. 
I would put Jack Hughes six. I would bump Austin and Leon up and move Hughes back to six. And nobody loves Jack Hughes more than me. I, I like that they gave Ranton in top ten respect. Ranton, Ranton is great. But he's not better than Kucherov. <laughs> okay. Now go up. I was surprised to see Eichel at nine, to be honest with you. Okay. And how about Pasternak at ten? Hey, they gave him some top ten love. You would not rather have Eichel than Pasternak. <laughs> you just would not. I know, I and wouldn't. Frank, Frank, where's Matthew Kachuk? I don't know. Well, find him. You better find him. There he oh, is. Oh, there he is. There Jason he is. Robinson. I mean, there's Robinson. a lot of good players in the NHL. Who are you taking out for Matthew Kachuk? Who are you taking out for Robinson? Or Robertson, I think, should be a lot hot. I like, I, I love Robert. Frank, I challenge you to find Evgeny Malkin. Is he not on the list? Find Evgeny Malkin. There's Crosby. I'm already. Oh, Crosby, twenty three. What? Uh, you would not rather have Otto or Stutzla or Marner than Crosby. You would not. He's a bit old. Eight thirty six. I don't give a shit if he's eighty. He's. Braden Point. There's Sidney Mac Crosby Lewis. still a top ten player in the NHL. Vera Heiskin, my boy. There we go. Yeah, I'm I'm cool with like the. Hey, order. Nico. Nico's well deserving of being there. I don't know if I would put him thirty one though. Would you Panarin. rather have Would you rather have Nico or bald ass Artemi Panarin? Probably Panarin. For now. For now, yeah. Long term, I uh, on a seven year deal. I'd well, rather yeah. Have well, of course. Okay, Frank, find Evgeny Malkin. Brad Marchand, Hints, Ovechkin. Yep, yep. I'm assuming he's not on the list. This freaking stinks. Seth so Jones, hey, hey, how you doing? Seth Jones, hey. you're going to find 10 defensemen better than Seth Jones below him. He's not even the yeah. best defenseman on his own there team. There you go. Yeah, 29, even... he hasn't hit his 30s. That's good. Yeah, get out of here. I'd rather, oh, my God. I would take Clayton Keller <laughs> 700 days in a row before I take – Freaking Seth Jones on my team. That's not bad. He wasn't even ranked last year. So I don't because he broke his clavicle the year before. Vasilevsky, that you'd rather Seth Jones on your team than Vasilevsky. <laughs> you'd rather Seth Jones on your team than Vasilevsky right now. No, 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 I wouldn't. Get out. I wouldn't. Okay, I good. Quinn Hughes, you would ra would you rather Seth Jones there's than Quinn, Quinn Hughes? Oh, there's would Quinn you rather Hughes. Seth Jones than Quinn Hughes? No. What about Brent Burns? No. <laughs> no. The answer's no, Frank. He's old, though. I don't care. You see how good Carolina got extra He's offensively old. good with him there? He's old. He doesn't play the type of game that ages poorly on the back end. Hey, Debrinket? Nugget? Debrinket? Nugget's a little low. Ben Years is too high. He's a great player. He's way too high. You think, what about Nugget? I would rather Nugget and Kyle Connor over Ben Years. I, I, I think rather, Nuggets too low. Jake Gensel and Shifley and Pierre-Luc Dubois and Joe Pavelski, Devin Taves. I'd rather all these guys over Ben Years. You start getting in the late 70s is probably where I'm going to start finding. Sider. Oh, Maury Sider. I'd rather have him than Ben. I'd rather have all these guys over Seth Jones. I don't Jesper, think I'd rather have De I don't think Rath. Demko. I don't know. I would rather have Demko. Frank, Demko's a really good goalie. Uh, he's okay. Okay, right he's there. Okay. Patrick Laine. Uh, Patrick Laine sucks. Top 100, 83. <laughs> You'd rather him than Cole Caulfield? Get out of my face. Get out of my face. Connor Bedard. There he is. He'll be, he'll be higher next year. You would rather have Seth Jones. <laughs> He's the most valuable Blackhawk. 
no, I just. I'm still waiting for you to find Malkin. Evgeny Malkin. All these players, all these players who you would rather have Seth Jones than in the top 100. And Evgeny Malkin is nowhere to be found. He's not on the list at all. They'd rather have Brandon Montour on their team than Evgeny Malkin. Uh, Bedard, I'll take an argument for Bedard if you'd rather have him on your team for various but different reasons. But this is a, a, a prediction. This is not who I would rather have on my team. This is not. This is the top 100 players in the league. Top 100 player prediction. Okay. Even still. Even st- Frank. For this season. Just you, for this season. Okay. Coming into the year, you, you would predict that Seth Jones is more not valuable. Either. How about Patrick Laine? How about Montour? Listen. You, I don't agree you're, with you're predicting this list. No, it's not that you don't agree with it. No <laughs> list is perfect. We would each carve. We would each carve a completely different top 100 list. But I probably wouldn't call your list a complete and utter dog pile of shit. That's what this list is. Whoever composed this well, who, list from who a group wrote of people, the list? ESPN staff. They don't even tell you. No, they don't tell you because like five different people write a list of their top 100 and then they average it. Bucci's not Bucci's not one of the people. How in the world Evgeny Malkin? I don't think people realize what Evgeny Malkin is. Hey, Evgeny had six players in the top 100 though. The Devils go. are really good. Timo Meyer, Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt, Dougie Hamilton, Jack Hughes, they all deserve to be on this list. Owen Power didn't get a lot the of respect on, either. But. The only devil I would rather have than Evgeny Malkin right now is Jack Hughes. Uh, Evgeny Malkin, the pedigree that he brings, the experience that he brings, the production offensively that he brings, he's a top 20 player ever. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I hear you. He is legitimately one of the greatest hockey players of all time. You can argue he's top 10 all time. And he played on the same team as Sidney Crosby, so that always put him in the shadows a little bit. He it was, you know, he was always the second best player in the league, but he's also the second best player on his team. I hear you. Malkin, he oh my god, Sidney got hurt and he won two straight heart trophies. Or one heart trophy. Malkin oh, I, the fact that they Listen, Line I hear you. You'd rather Ryan O'Reilly at 30 two years old I would not. than this version of Malkin. What about Hurdle? What has Hurdle done to be on any list? I would rather have Malkin two years after he retires than Tomas Hurdle in his prime. And I love Thomas Hurdle. I do. I love all those guys. VP, I don't know. I, I... I don't know. Well, you wanted to know what about the list made me so mad. I, I didn't really. I waited to look over it extensively with you. I just kind of skimmed through it. The it top didn't 10, look bad. The top ten, top fifteen can be argued either way. There are probably Devils fans that would call me a traitor for saying I would rather have Drysidel or Austin Matthews for this one particular season. Long term, maybe I would take Hughes second behind McDavid. But then long term, I probably would take Bedard third. Behind Hughes and McDavid. So, like, you know, maybe even second. I think Bedard and Jack Hughes are going to be pretty on par with each other over the next decade, I think. Uh, Bedard will score more goals. Hughes might have the same amount of points, though. He'll be a little more balanced, I think. But 
that list is just disgusting. It, it, it's a bad list. It's a bad list. It's a putrid list. It's a bad list. And it's so bad, and they got such backlash for it that they're having a podcast tomorrow <laughs> to like address it. I want to know who was part of the staff. Me too, it. and I'm going to find out. Oh, I'm going to find out. I do this for a living too. I I, I put my opinions. I opin I put my opinions out there for people to dissect and tell me you, that a whole witch my whole what Bucci wasn't a part of it. No, he was no, he said he wasn't. Oh. He quote tweeted someone bitching about Malkin not being on there and said they didn't ask me for my input. I mean, I just don't get how you could watch the beautiful game as often as these people claim they do. And when you come across the Pittsburgh Penguins and you see seventy one hop over the boards and do <laughs> what he does. And look at me and tell me with a straight face that you're getting paid to tell me that he's not one of the best 100 players. I would put him in the top 30 right now. I mean, Evgeny Malkin is still super elite. Is he the second best player in the league anymore? No. Would I rather Jack Hughes over him? Yes. You know, if we're talking players from the Metropolitan Division, players that see Malkin a lot. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly... The rest of the list could be perfect, and leaving Malkin off would still make me this mad. You could put Patrick Line. <laughs> Malkin had eighty-three. <laughs> Malkin had eighty-three points last year in like seventy games, or eighty <laughs> games, or whatever. He was over a point per game at thirty-six years old. And you would rather Patrick Line, who probably hasn't eclipsed sixty in his career. I know. Like, what are we talking about? VP. I'm not blaming you. I didn't realize it was that bad, though. It's a horrible list. It is pretty bad. There are players in the middle of it that deserve to be at the end. Seth Jones is not a top 100 player. No. He stinks. Every defenseman below him on that list, I would rather have. Latang, John Carlson, Quinn Hughes, Moritz Sider. I mean, there are some Norris Trophy contenders below him. And they have him. Seth Jones, he, he, he's been horrible. He needs to get off That's power really play. List. He needs to get off power play one. They should put Korchinski on power play one. They'd start scoring a little more. I don't know why they don't. Rookie, I don't know. But what we've no seen idea. so far has been great. Disgusting. Just a horrible list. I'm sorry, VP. Um, shout out to ESPN for at least talking about hockey, though. I'm cool with yeah. that. Yeah, but I don't your know list, what we're talking about, but yeah. Your list stinks, and you can reach out to me anytime for help. Evgeny Malkin, top 100 player. He's a top 20 player all time. Definitely top 50 right now. Give me a break. I'm sorry, VP. Patrick Line. Tra- Penguins trade Malkin for Hurdle right now, and they miss the playoffs by 20 points. Still you keep them, you probably make it. Points. No, they're making <laughs> my guy fucking Malkin. Now I'm watching every time Evgeny Malkin scores this year or has an assist. The, the ESPN writer could be watching us right now. I don't care. Roasting. I would say it right to his face. <laughs> You're telling him how bad his take is. Frank, Frank, you think I wouldn't say it? <laughs> I gave an attitude to the Seattle Mariners announcer for being a douche. He was so mean. I gave him an attitude. I'm not, nobody's above me. I respect you if you're like an elder, but you have, you put out a shitty list. You put out a shitty list. I'm not a yeah. reply guy on Twitter. You know, I'm not one of those. I didn't respond bitching about it to anybody on Twitter. He, Bucci didn't quote my tweet bitching about it. Uh, you know, I'll just write my own list for puck pros and it'll be a hundred times better. 
Do it. Ooh, that's a good idea. Do the it. actual top 100 NHL list. And then you could tag ESPN in it. Yeah. Really get under their skin. The Blue Jackets quote tweeted a Puck Pros article a couple weeks ago. Scopes don't cool. know. What's that Mariner's story? He probably wasn't watching Crosstown. Oh. Yeah. With Dave Sims. Not. Yeah, Dave Sims. The... Scopes, it was a horrible experience. So I host Crosstown. It was a great day for me, too. And then I went... Yeah. And you I know what? So I was so sad. Yeah. They... Well, explain we do, it to them, yeah. we, we do Crosstown Crosstalk every Thursday on the Barroom Network. It's a baseball show that I'm very proud of. I've had some, I've had just as good of guests on that as this, if not better. Mm-hmm. Just because I've had more luck with getting uh, MLB players than NHL players. Um, they're more active on social media, I would say. Um, Liam Hendricks, Gavin Sheets, Jake Berger, you know, media superstars like Carmen DeFalco and David Kaplan. And we've had John Puccigrass on this show and John Scott and um, Bobby Ryan, like great people on the Barroom Network that we've mm-hmm. had. And this guy, Dave Sims, the announcer of the Seattle Mariners, who seems like such a fun, loving guy all the time during the broadcast. He makes the games fun to listen to when you watch. Mm-hmm. He was a complete arsehole to Frank and I. Just mean. Didn't want to be like, the Mariners. Up. The Mariners were off. He had nothing to do that day other than play Fortnite. He was like, "All right, let's go. Hurry up, let's go." I was like, he like yelled at us. He's like, "All right, let's go." We couldn't even do the intro. Yeah, no, we skipped. Although the intro. had uh, put it in, right? Yeah. Yep. Which Nasty. you can go see the interview, Skokes, for yourself. Yeah, just type in Crosstown Crosstalk Dave Sims on Twitter. And it's like he didn't want to be there. He had a stern look on his face. It's like. He was basically like, how much am I getting paid? Like, let's hurry this up. You ain't getting shit. <laughs> it was, You're it, not hurt, getting it shit. hurt me so bad because I love Dave Sims and I wanted to like, it was a very special experience. And then it just, it was a don't meet your heroes moment. It was. But it I was don't, like, I don't buy that though. I don't either, but that was the definition of it. Yeah. Like, truly. Yeah. Like it couldn't have gotten any worse. Way. Yeah. And I felt like I, I did a nice thing for my cousin. I was I so helped. happy. I had I my made, Mariners yeah. hat on. Hell yeah. I had my Mariners hat on. I'm getting ready. And then it was like, I felt like a train went right through my chest. Yeah. Horrible. So Horrible. Well, Frank. Uh, we're having a long show. <laughs> we still got to do the third period and breaking bets. So let's get into it in period number three. Welcome to period three. Football. I like football. The Bears lost again. Justin Fields looked horrible. Then he got you're hurt. not surprised. Tell no. me you're not surprised. Wait, what? You think I should be surprised that they lost to the Vikings? No, I'm just oh. like, I shouldn't be surprised. Oh, I was like, I was I saying, kinda, I thought they had a chance to win going in because the Vikings are terrible too. And if two one and four, four teams are playing against each other, anything could happen. No, I'm saying, like, tell me you're not surprised. No, not at all. Justin Fields got hurt, it was his own fault. The Bears' offensive line is terrible, it's actually not as bad as. People make it out to the see. Raiders offensive lines worse. Yeah, theirs is worse. The Bengals made it to a Super Bowl with a worse offensive line than what the Bears have. 
the 2021 Bengals would have killed to have Nate Diaz, Tevin Jenkins. You know, the Bear Center sucks. <laughs> but, like, you know, the new kid that they drafted this last year, the 2021 Bengals would have killed to have that team. Or was it 22? Whatever team lost to the Rams, the Bengals. They had a terrible offensive line. 20. It was the 21 season. 21? It was 21 season, 2022 Super Bowl. Um, yeah, Justin Fields held down to the ball for six seconds on the play that he got hurt. Tom Brady wouldn't have the ball in his hand for longer than 2.3 seconds on basically every play he ever played, unless it was like a true running back scramble or like Tom did it not often. And I'm not saying you have to be Tom Brady, Justin Fields, but to basically have quadruple the ball in your hand without it being a run. If it's a run, it's a different story. Justin mm-hmm. Fields makes plays with his legs where he could carry the ball for longer than six seconds, but in the pocket to hold it for six seconds and try to run away once the line finally does collapse, you're going to get hurt. And he did. He stinks. The Bears stink. Um, they're not one in five. They're one in five. The Bears, listen, you, you lose to the Vikings, fine. 19-13, Fields hurt. The fun in Chicago is over, VP. It's, we're back to being depressed for the next 12 weeks. And I don't have Bears, Tom. Bears signed Trace McSorley to the practice squad. And at this point, I don't want to see anybody at, given a chance at quarterback. They got nothing to lose. Hell, put DJ Moore in that quarterback. See how he does. They don't seem to use him on offense as it is. So put him as quarterback. See what he can do. Put Eberflus at quarterback. I don't give a shit. The team doesn't do anything on offense anyway, so whatever. It's it's just irritating. Bears one in seventeen. Good for them. I hope they have the number one and two pick. I actually I kind of hope they have two wins because I want them to beat Carolina to further their chances of getting the number one pick. Because like if Carolina's zero and ten, then like they're pretty much locked in probably at the number one pick. If Carolina beats the Bears, now it's like we don't need too many teams getting wins. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Giants are still in contention too. So are the Broncos and Patriots. <laughs> so I want the Panthers to continue to lose. So if the Bears could beat the Panthers, maybe that's the best case scenario. Yep. In week 10, I think that is. But the Bears and Pats have the same record. So we've been waiting yep. for the Bears and Patriots to have the same record for a long time. It's finally here. Just not the way we were hoping. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah. Um, Frank, it was a weird ass week. The San Francisco 49ers lost. The Philadelphia Eagles lost. Under City, 12, 3 and 1. You know how I, I feel about was? a good under. Sucks. It's boring. <laughs> um, most of the games this week were boring. Um yeah, I mean what what's your takeaway after this weird, weird weekend? It was weird. I mean for the last injuries. Bad football team. 49ers lost to the ass Browns without Deshaun Watson. They're not ass. They are without Deshaun Watson. And you will not. Deshaun Watson played terrible when he was healthy. Okay. Maybe it's an upgrade to get him out. Neither the ass Browns until they prove otherwise. And they have yet to do so. They beat the 49ers. Okay. That's part of proving it. Eh, Are are the Jets great because they beat the Eagles and the Bills? No. Their defense is. Their defense is. And the Browns' defense is. Overall, if I had to say great team or their ass, they're an ass team. They lost to the ass Jets, the Eagles, 
whatever. We'll, we'll move on from that. But there are no undefeated teams left in the NFL. I don't think anyone saw that coming in the same week where they both were heavy favorites. If they weren't asked, then they shouldn't have been heavy favorites, right? And they still um, Sean Watson. Yeah, I, I'm not that high on Deshaun Watson. I just – I don't think the Browns are terrible. Like Their defense is great. Jets' defense is great. And they proved that good defensive teams could win – could steal you some games. Yeah, and they have some weapons on offense. I like Kareem Hunt yeah. as the running back. I think they'll beat the Colts. Jerome Ford's pretty good. I actually yeah. like Ford better than Hunt from what I've seen so far. Yeah, no, I agree but, with that. I do uh, agree with that. He played good in the game. Chubb yeah. got hurt too. Chiefs look terrible this week too. They've looked terrible every single week, and they're five and one. They have no weapons without Kelsey. I I was just about to say that they without Kelsey, they got nothing. <laughs> Bills look terrible against the Giants. They won. It was an off week for everybody in the NFL. Yeah, it sucked. But this, last week was terrible. I I do think the Browns are a good team. I think they beat the Colts. They'll be four and two. We'll see what happens against the Seahawks. Then they got the Cardinals. Th- there's a world where they're six and two. I've like, seen this story before. And then we, they play the Ravens, who are we've good. We've seen this story before when they had Baker. I, thought, they you thought a, they were going to be good, though. They won a playoff game with Baker. He got a bad rap. I've seen this story before. I can't I can't fall for it again. I'm not, fa- I, I'm not even, like, falling for it. I just don't think, like, they still have this mantra that they're, like, this terrible team. They're not. They're a top half in the NFL team. If I, I was breaking I don't know the who NFL, that is. Oh yeah, no, they just traded. Who's, they who's traded the back. He's player on that's been with. He's was with them before, if I remember correctly. Is he had they traded line or defense? They traded to get him back. I know he's not like a wide receiver. Here, I'll get you the details of the trade. Actually, I just I can't fall for this this story again. I mean, it's the the Browns. Like we're supposed to be better. I just I can't prove to me they haven't proved me anything. Well, beating the 49ers was a good start. It was um, a good start, but if Moody could freaking make a field goal. Yeah, that's true. And I still think the 49ers, they played well. Yeah, and I don't put the whole blame on, like, their offense. Like, Jake Moody could have made a field goal. Their defense could have been a little bit, but their defense was pretty good. I mean, don't get me wrong, but. Yeah. I mean, you you got to shut down those teams, especially without their starting quarterback. Who who stepped in? Who was the backup? I, I didn't watch a ton. I watched the end. I forget exactly. Here, I got it right here. Hold on. Give me a second. The starting quarterback for the Browns was Phillip Walker. <laughs> okay. You yeah. got to beat Phillip Walker. He didn't even play that good. Purdy didn't play good either. No. Um, but, I mean, it's Brock Brady's first oh. career loss. Um, I think the Browns, they're, they're interesting because the 49ers played well and they still beat them. It's not like the 49ers completely shit the bed. I'm not saying Browns are a bottom-feeding team in the league. I'm not saying they're one of the worst teams in the league. No, I think they could sneak into the playoffs. See, I don't think that's where I draw the line. I don't think they're a playoff team. I didn't pick them. I did not pick them. But They should be better than what they are. I'll, based, I'll admit that. I'll admit that. Based on what I've seen so far this season, I think I might have been wrong to not pick them. We'll see if they screw me once again. They see if they screw me once again, which is absolutely possible to the Browns. Um, Frank, I mean, let's just get right into it. Let's rank the top 10 teams in the NFL. Great. I'm excited about this list. This list looks wildly different than two weeks ago. Yeah, ours are going to be completely different. I have a couple teams that weren't even in the top 10 this week. 
or last or two weeks. Yeah, ago. me too. So me too. You think I they're gonna too. be wildly different? Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. Who do you have at number ten? Number ten, I got the Cincinnati Bengals. They won back-to-back games for the first time this season. Joe Burrow start slowly starting to get back into rhythm. For that reason, I had to give them a top 10 bid. They haven't been top 10 material. To me, what I've seen in the past two games since we've done our last week, last list, they deserve to be at number 10. They have a bye this week. It's an extra week for rest for Burrow and company to really get back in the groove of things for when they come back next week. I have the Dallas Cowboys. They played like arse against the Chargers team that stinks. Um, they're they win big games. They'll probably make the playoffs as an NFC wild card team. See, they're an okay, they're an okay regular season team every year. Um, they'll get smoked in the playoffs if they make it. They're they're a somewhat good team. I wouldn't be shocked if they're not on this list again the rest of the season. Um, they should have lost to the Chargers. They found a way to win the football game, which they deserve credit for that. Um, but I have them at number ten. At number nine, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. They were number two or three on my list going into the season. And then they had that terrible start. Joe Burrow was injured. They found a way to win each of the last two games. And now they're we're on a bye week this week. Or they're going to be on a bye week this week. They're going to get healthy. Um, Burrow will feel have a whole week be, to be better. And I think they'll be back to being one of the top teams in the AFC in short order. They're three and three for the second year in a row. And then last year they won nine straight. I'm not saying they're going to win nine straight now, but I do think they are going to play well down the stretch and be a playoff team and a team that nobody wants to play in the playoffs because they have Joe Burrow. As long as Joey Burrow's healthy, they can be one of the best teams in the NFL. I'm not sure they're a Super Bowl team. I don't know how to fix it if they're not, but as of right now, they're a top 10 team in my opinion. So far, our lists aren't wildly different. Number nine, I got the Dallas Cowboys. They're only in this spot because – Two weeks ago when we did this, they haven't lost since then. And they looked terrible against the Chargers. Dak Prescott looked terrible. But nonetheless, they ended up getting the win against the Chargers on the road. Um, I'm waiting for them to lose so I could drop them off this list so fast. They're so inconsistent. They never win a big game, and they feed off bottom feeders. Dallas Cowboys at number nine. Number eight, I got the Baltimore Ravens. They've really taken a step back, really from how they started off the season. But we talk about how good the defense is for the Browns and how good the defense is for the Jets. This Baltimore Ravens defense is very good, and they have a better offense, in my opinion, than those teams. They got Roquan Smith. That could be a huge thing to why their defense is so good. The Ravens are only allowing 14.7 points per game this year. They just need Lamar Jackson and company to support the much-improved defense and get more consistent. They have all the two tools they need to win to contend for a Super Bowl. So I got the Ravens at number eight. I like what I've seen from the defense. There you go. At number eight, I have the Miami Dolphins. Um, they're frauds, I determined over the weekend. Um, they have a very good offense. I think they make playoffs. Two is outstanding. Tyreek Hill is outstanding. Waddle's outstanding. They scratched Claypool, which is hilarious. Um, uh, a-Chain, outstanding running back. Mostert, outstanding running back. There might be the greatest offense I've ever seen. They're going to score a shit ton of points. Their defense is so bad, and it's going to come back to haunt them. Easiest schedule in the NFL up to this point, too. They're the team. They're 5-1. and one. Their five wins are against teams that are a combined 5-25. and 25. So it's, you know, they're not quality wins so far up to this point. 
Um, not high on the Dolphins in terms of Super Bowl success, but they're a top 10 team because of how dangerous their offense is. But in a tight playoff game against some of the other AFC teams that I have ranked ahead of them, I think they get smoked. Um, at number seven, I have the Bills. A lot of the things <laughs> you don't want to hear this. A lot of the things we say about the Dallas Cowboys apply to the Buffalo Bills, except their quarterback is better and he's better at making plays. You know, they're this awesome regular season team. They score some points. Their defense plays well. And then it seems like whenever it is that they're in prime time or have a big game to play, they flounder. They looked terrible against the New York Giants. That's two straight weeks in a row they looked terrible for the first three quarters of the game. They didn't even score a point against that trash Giants team that's competing with the Bears for the number one overall pick. They didn't even score a point against them until the fourth quarter. Um, I like Josh Allen as a player. I think if they get hot at the right time, they could be a Super Bowl team, but they fell down my list quite a bit here in week number six because of what I've seen from them in each of their last two games. They're four and two, but I think they're the worst four and two team by far. Wow. Interesting. Number seven, I got the Detroit Lions. They scored 62 points over the past two weeks. Um, and they're just plowing over everyone in their paths. Their game against the Buccaneers wasn't the best, but they still managed to win by 14. I like what I'm seeing out of the Lions, 5-1, and one, probably going to win the division. Like It's almost guaranteed at this point, I would think. Um, so, yeah, I got the Lions at number seven. Number six, got the Jacksonville Jaguars, who wasn't on my list two weeks ago. Since our last time, Talking about this, they got a nice win against the Bills. They manhandled the Colts. Colts were without their starting quarterback, but they didn't have that letdown game after a nice Bills win. This is a Jaguars team that is playoff material, and they're finally fixing a lot of their early season issues. They weren't even on my list, so congrats to them for jumping up to sixth. At number six, I also have the Jacksonville Jaguars. They have a worse record than the uh, Dolphins, who I have below them, and they have the same record as the Bills, who I have below them. Um, but I, I think they, I still think there's a chance they pull out the number one seed, which was my hot, my hot take early in the season. They're only at six right now because of the one and two start, and they have to build themselves back up to being in the high of the top five. But you know, they played really good the last two weeks, and you know, they 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 could beat anybody in my opinion. They haven't found a way to beat the Mahomes Chiefs. And they struggle against the Texans in Houston for whatever reason. They're not going to be in the playoffs, so they're not really an issue long-term as far as this season. So the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, knee issue, and they play tomorrow. So if he plays, hopefully they can beat the Saints. If he doesn't and they lose, then they're in trouble, and it's going to make people think differently about the team. I don't really care because Richardson is out for the season. I would almost bench Lawrence tomorrow knowing that it doesn't really matter if they lose in terms of winning the division because I don't see the Texans coming up and winning it with a rookie quarterback. Um, I don't see the Titans coming back from being two and four. And then the Colts, if they are a better team with Gardner Minshew this season, they deserve to make the playoffs more anyway. So, you know, I would be cautious with Trevor Lawrence. I would make sure he's really good to go in order to play tomorrow um, against those saints, but we'll see. I think they're a really good team though. Um, At number five, um, I have the Detroit lions not your father's Lions. Anything you think you know about the Lions, forget about it. Until they prove that they're not just going to Detroit Lion again in the playoffs or anything like that, fine. But it, it just feels different. It doesn't feel like the Cowboys, same old Cowboys or same old Bills. If this is the first year, we don't know how good they're going to be. They've they're five and one. They've won eleven of their last thirteen games or something like that. Like going back to last year, they started last year two and six, and they ended up 
you know, having a chance to make the playoffs on the last day of the season, they beat Green Bay. And the only reason they didn't win because they didn't have the tiebreaker over Seattle, who won in week 18. So, you know, the Lions, they've just been elite basically since the start of the season. Those Iowa Hawkeyes that they have on their team are just absolutely unbelievable. Jared Goff, we thought he couldn't win games on the road going back to his days with the Rams. And all of a sudden now he's great again playing with the Lions. I mean, he's a good quarterback. And the Lions, they're one of the best teams in the league. They are a top three team in the NFC. I don't think they'll compete for the bye. But, I mean, as of right now, they have the best record in the NFC, tied for it with two other teams. So they're in the mix for it, I guess. And they probably have an easier schedule based on their division than the the top two NFC teams I have ahead of them. So we'll see what happens with the Lions, but I have them at five. Five for me is the Buffalo Bills. Even in a game where the Bills didn't look great, Josh Allen had a fairly decent game towards the end of the game. Really picked it up. Couple touchdowns. Um, he had 169 yards passing, which is not great by any means for Josh Allen. But the defense is one of the best defenses in the entire NFL. That's what keeps him in it. And not only that, let's not put all the pressure on the offense here and Josh Allen, but Tyler Bass missed two field goals, which is why they weren't able to score for a majority of the game too, right? If we're going to make fun of Jake Moody on the 49ers missing field goals, let's talk about Tyler Bass missing two field goals for the first time since 2021. So, I mean, they got to be a lot better all around, but their defense is great. I still think that they're, they're, they're right there. I, I don't agree that they're the worst four and two team out there. Um, I'd really have to put all the teams together and take a look at it, but nonetheless, Bills did drop. I think there were two on my list two, two weeks ago. So they dropped from two to five Buffalo bills at five. Number four, the Philadelphia Eagles, even at five and one, the offense was just not showing up and it's not showing up against the jets, which is a little worries, worrisome, even though we know how good the jets defense is, right? They got a very good defense and now they have two big wins against the bills and the Eagles. So you can't fully fault the Eagles there. Um, because the Jets do play hard games. They do play tough games. Um, this would be a different Jets team if uh, Aaron Rodgers wasn't injured, but Philadelphia Eagles haven't really been fond of what I've been seeing from them lately, which is why they're at number four. Um, the only thing you've said so far in this whole top ten thing that I like vehemently disagree with is your take on the Ravens. I have them at number four. I think they're outstanding. I love that team. Like their defense is really good. And Lamar Jackson is probably the quietest MVP candidate right now. And they have a really good coach and they've won they games. Won the Super Bowl. They've won their most recent game. Um, we'll see what happens in terms of winning the division because their division's a gauntlet. Um, I, you know how I feel about the Browns. The Bengals are coming. And then the Steelers are like, have been pesky. Their offense stinks, mm -hmm. but they're, they're pesky too. Mm -hmm. It's probably the best division, or it's the most balanced. I don't know if it's the best division, yeah, but it's the most balanced division. Um, every team has three wins. So, you know, Steelers you got, aren't going to go under 500 either. That's just the Mike Tomlin rule. You got the Mike, <laughs> and that, that could be a, a nine and seven season, could be last place in that division. If they go nine and seven and tie with the Browns, nine or, Browns or nine and eight, and they've, you know, if the Browns are 10 and seven or nine and eight too, like that could be third place. What happens with the Bengals? We'll see. Same thing with the Ravens. But as of right now, I love the season Lamar Jackson's putting together. Um, their only losses, they lost to the Steelers, who I put stock in division games, but like 
the Steelers and the Ravens are going to play each other hard. No matter what. The Steelers could be 1-10, and and the Ravens could be 11-1. and And if they're meeting up in a matchup, I think the game would be close. And that, that game was weird, too. The Steelers-Ravens game. Did you watch any of it? It was uh, weird. Not, not really. It, was a weird, it, it felt like a Big Ten football game. It felt like a game between Iowa and Purdue. Get the ball, punt it. Fair catch, three and out, punt it. And I spit under game. Three and out. It, it, it was the Frankie Mueller special. I'm shocked you didn't watch it. Like, and you so that was a weird it, game. Man. How'd you watch it? Oh, uh, red zone. Oh. Um, and then they lost to the Colts, and Anthony Richardson's best game as a pro. So you know, I, I just I they find ways to win a lot. Um, we'll see what happens when it comes to be playoff time. But I got the Baltimore Ravens at four. I need your three. Yes, at number three, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, They signed Julio, and that went into my decision of putting them ahead of the Ravens because I still Mm -hmm. think the Eagles, they finally lost their first game. They kind of feel like the team I have at two where their record is what it is, but something just doesn't feel quite right about them. I agree. I agree. And about this Eagles team is just, but like I still could see them in the NFC championship uh-huh. game and possibly winning it because they have the players they showed it last year. They have the players on their team that can still win even if they play poorly and if they they can play well. I think like they could something. I just feel like there's a chance it still comes together and they win the Super Bowl. Maybe Julio Jones will have a big game here in a couple of weeks, or maybe he makes that big third down conversion catch late in the regular season to like clinch them home field advantage over the other two teams in the NFC that have a chance. Like it just so far, I can't put them at one or two because of just something doesn't feel quite right. And I think there's a chance it corrects itself though, before the end of the season. And that's why I still not backing off my take that the Eagles could very much win the NFC and potentially the Super Bowl. Interesting. Yeah, my number three is the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs continue to squeak out wins. Without Kelsey, this offense, nothing. Mush. Absolute mashed potatoes. Even with Kelsey, they're struggling. But they've won five straight games. I mean, I wish the Bears were struggling and won five straight games. I mean, but they're just not scoring like we're used to seeing the Kansas City Chiefs score. Like, there's something off where it just feels like it's not the Eagles' year. It might not be the Chiefs' year. It might it might be the 49ers year. I'm still backing on the Bills. I'm I I got to stand by Josh Allen and my Bills. I I got to do it. So it's just maybe it's not a team that everybody's expecting this year. So I got the Chiefs at number three. Number two is probably the one thing I disagreed with you the most, and I got the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. They started out slow. They destroyed the Panthers in the end. They're down 14 nothing. That doesn't phase them. In my opinion, I think they're the best looking five and one team. Oh, like to be honest, well, no, they're not probably they're not the best. They're probably the second best looking five and one team. Um, I almost put them at number one, to be honest with you. Because you got you gotta play who's on your schedule. They're scoring a ton of points. Their defense is bad. That's gonna hurt them. That hundred percent could come back to bite them. I agree with you on that. But I think this Miami Dolphins team is really really good and their offense has been better from what i've seen from the offense from the eagles from what i've seen from the chiefs they haven't been as scatterbrained as the chiefs i don't know i like what i've seen out of the miami dolphins um we'll see though 
you know how these lists change from week to week. Absolutely. Um, the Dolphins, just for the record, before I give my two and one, um, they go Eagles, Patriots, Chiefs. That's tough. It's tough. Um, if they win all three, they're probably number one on my list. If they win all three, I'll believe their offense cannot do any of their defensive efficiencies, and I will bump them back up on my list. When I found out that their five wins, the teams <laughs> were five and 25, and then I look back, who have the Dolphins beat? Um, okay, they opened the season with a two-point win over the Chargers. We saw how much they stink yesterday. Um, they beat the Patriots 24 to 17. Patriots are one and five. They beat the Broncos 70 to 20. They're one and five. They got absolutely mollywopped by the Buffalo Bills. They beat the New York football giants 31 to 16, one and five. And they beat the Panthers 42 to 21. And they allowed the Panthers to take a 14 nothing lead on them. And <laughs> that was the rough. Panthers are, the Panthers are 0 and 6. So we'll see what happens. If they get smoked by the Eagles, beat the Patriots again, and then get smoked by the Chiefs, I'll know exactly what the Dolphins are. They're I, a I agree. regular season. I, I agree. I agree because the Eagles and Chiefs offense hasn't been that good. So if they get smoked, I agree with you. Yes. Uh, But the number two team that I have is the Kansas City Chiefs. And here's the difference between the Chiefs and the Dolphins for me. Pedigree. The Chiefs finding a way to win football games despite not playing all that good. I mean, who have the Chiefs played? You know, it's not like the Chiefs. They really struggled against the Broncos, though. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird because, but the Broncos can't score. So if your offense is stagnant, you can still beat the Broncos and the chiefs know that. And Patrick Mahomes has proven he could be a game manager type quarterback. If needed, they beat the Vikings 27, 20, they dropped 23 on the jets and they killed the bears 41 to 10. (laughs) And if they didn't take Mahomes out halfway through the third quarter, they probably would have dropped 70 as well. (laughs) Uh, They beat the Jaguars 17 to nine. The Jaguars have a good defense and they lost to the lions by one. What I'm noticing in all these games, except against the ass cheek bears, they do exactly what they need to do to win. They don't, they don't really blow anyone out. Do you know in the Patrick Mahomes, and this is another reason I still have them at two, despite not being fully confident in their offense and they haven't felt quite right. Right. Do you know in the Patrick Mahomes era, the chiefs are wildly under 500 against the spread. Really? Like, it's basically free money to bet the opponent plus whatever. Unless it's the Bears. Unless it's the, yeah, unless it's the Bears. <laughs> or, the Bron- or a team like the Broncos, I would say, too. They stink in the Patrick Mahomes era against the spread. And it makes me think, is Andy Reid that smart that he, like, knows when to take his foot off the gas and, like, they're, they're the most fresh team for the playoffs? I, I don't really know how to, like, word what I'm thinking or if it's complete bullshit. You know, I only played football for one year. I've been watching it long enough to have an opinion on things, I think. But, you know, from what I've seen, the, the Chiefs, they're just not in the business of blowing anyone out. The Bills, they don't know how to win a one-score game. All their wins, they blow everyone out. A close tight game, they beat the Giants. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God they beat the Giants in a close game. But, like, a good team in a close game, they can't do it. The Chiefs can and that's what made the Patriots so. Do you remember Tom Brady killing the Steelers like fifty to 
10 in a playoff game? No. They would win 28 to 22. Or, you know, and I just feel that way about the Chiefs. I think they could win any style of game. If they have to do a shootout with the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs and win the game 48 to 46, they will. Remember that epic playoff yeah. game two years yeah. ago? Uh, just whatever the Chiefs need to do, they will. They're 5 and 1. Um, horrible game winning drive against the Lions. That's why they lost. Um, otherwise, they'd be 6 and 0. And yeah, at number one, I have the San Francisco 49ers. I know they lost to the Browns. You know how I feel about the Browns. I don't think they're that bad. I'm starting to lean toward them being a playoff team based on how they played. If if their offense could score enough points, their defense is good. And, you know, we'll see what happens. Deshaun Watson's been terrible. We make fun of Phillip whatever being their quarterback. <laughs> Played better than freaking Watson would have. You don't even know his name. Uh, no, I don't. I, I, I don't have them in my top 10. Right. I'm not clamoring over the Browns. I just don't. I think they can beat any team on any given Sunday as they've proven. But the 49ers, they still played well. They had a chance to win the game in the end. Um, we'll see what happens with McCaffrey. But, I mean, I've, I could think of a flaw. For every team, and I heard this on Colin Coward, and I started to, and I did my own research on it. I looked at all the positional groups on San Francisco. They have a star at every positional group. Every single positional group, they there is a star, a linebacker, the line, the offensive line. Do you consider Brock Purdy a star? Okay, that might be the one thing you can argue with me. They don't have like a star quarterback, yeah, but he, right. he makes he makes league minimum. So that mo- and he plays well enough. The rest of that money's spread out against the rest of the roster. So I think the 49ers are the best team in the NFL right now. That doesn't mean you win the Super Bowl. Um, the Super Bowl winner could not be on either of our top ten lists, and it really wouldn't even all like surprise me all that much. Um, but I mean, like, what if the Jets' defense keeps them in enough games? Where they're roughly five hundred and Rogers comes back. Get out of here with Rogers coming back. He's not coming back. He's coming back. He's not coming back. He will play at least three games this season. No. Yeah. He's coming back. All right, Frank, what's your two and one? I did my two. It was the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Even though they lost, they've been here on my number one as my number one since the beginning. You know what it is. It's the San Francisco 49ers. And I mean, yeah, they lost. They, Jake Moody, Moody blew the field goal. They could have won. Um, I give them the benefit of the doubt. Take this loss with a grain of salt. I don't put much stock into it. Not only that, but literally every team around them looked just as bad. There was nobody here to claim the number one spot in the NFL, which is why the San Francisco 49ers, for our third list in a row, is number one. There you go. We agree. Yeah. Our lists were wildly different, just as I predicted, though. They were not, I mean, wildly different. I mean, we both had like the, the same 10 teams. Games. We did have the same 10 teams for the yeah. first time. This yeah. is our third list. That's the first and time we, we added teams in that weren't in there. So it's yeah. like, yeah, they were different, th- but not far off. I do think the top 10 becomes a little bit more fluid as the season goes along in terms of who's in in any given week. And that's why I did two weeks instead of every week. But um, I like the two weeks, we need a break in between, let things settle, see what happens. Yeah. Maybe once we get to like week 15, we'll do every week. Uh-huh. Cause then like, but maybe not even still. 
Um, we'll see. Um, Frank, tomorrow we're doing a special episode of Crosstown Crosstalk at 11 a.m. So make sure you tune into that. Um, we're going to be talking about the Major League Baseball playoffs. The ALCS is currently in favor of the Texas Rangers, uh, two games to none. And the NLCS is the Philadelphia Phillies by a series record of two games to none over the Rangers. Arizona Diamondbacks. Go Phillies. Go Phillies. That's fair. I want the Phillies to we win. Both, the, I, we, we both can't root for the same team. It wouldn't be fun. No, it wouldn't be fun. I want Harper and Trey Turner to win a World Series. Like, I need it. Didn't they get theirs already? Turner has one. Harper does not. Yeah. and Gelsen, I want Harper to win one. I like Semyon. I like Semyon, too. Corey Seager. Former White Sox. Yeah. Seager's won the World Series. And I just want him to roll over the Astros. I'm loving every second of this. Yeah, you set a bounty on the Astros. So, like, whatever team beats them, you'll root for to win the World Series. Oh, I can't stand them. Yeah. This is great. This is great, honestly. Well, you're going to have a bad ending. Get out. I think the Astros come back. Um, Yeah. So, make sure you tune in tomorrow, 11 a.m. Um, Got a good show. We're going to talk about all these going on in the uh, playoff world. Uh, Frank, little BB25, do you have any notes on that you wanted to share? Of course. I love comic book week so far. Comic book week competition is iconic in Big Brother. I just think Jag wasted an opportunity to put up Corey in America without telling him. Should have just not. I don't care if they're going to be the replacement nominees. The move to to make was to put him on the block initially, under the radar, make that big move, show us you got cojones. And he didn't do that. That's a wasted move. The jury would have respected that so much. But instead, cowardice act. I, I was so irritated. You have no idea. He had no intentions of backdooring him either. You're not going to tell me this was all part of his plans. If Blue didn't win the veto, she was walking out the door this week. So, and I know you haven't been a big fan of Sari, but she's playing a pretty good social game. No, I. it's not that I have a bit of a big fan of Sari. She's just not a survivor legend. <laughs> and she stinks at Big Brother, I agree, but her social game is exceptional right now. Yeah, she's still there. I, no, I'm with you on that. Um, I think she could have won if her son wasn't a moron. <laughs> yeah. I do. Um, or he could have won. I really, really do think that that trio could have been the final three if they weren't dumb. Um, they had too many enemies. You don't, like... you. you what did you have to hate all those people for? Yeah, there was no re- like anytime somebody like somebody did something that wasn't good in Jared's eyes, he was storming to get him out. Like yeah. he too much waves. Yeah, I agree. Um I do think Jag made a bad decision with who he put up this week. Oh, yeah. But I think it's gonna work out and make him look better in the end. Luckily. It's it, all no, luck. It's I, all it, luck. He'll save his ass a little bit, but it, it would have been ten times better if you initially make the move. Yeah, I just think there's no blood on his hands with the way it turned out this time. The only person the only person who's gonna hate him how is there been blood on his hands? Cause he would have like not he would have gotten like other like Corey in America would have gotten other people to hate him, I think. Now there's not gonna. That's not gonna happen because everybody's I, I think on board. Everybody wanted it though. Maybe he. Either way though, he's gonna get lucky and it not end up hurting him in the end, making a dumb decision. So, yeah. and the way he did it got him like in good graces with Blue. I think. 
If that's true, he's lucky. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I do think there's a bit of luck. Because, like, I don't like the move. I didn't like the move the way it went down. I hated it, too. Do you want to know what I thought about? What? Jury, like, is, like, crunch time. It started last week with Cameron. If Big Brother's a sport, which we refer to it as a sport, we just started playoffs last week. Like, jury on, Cameron going to the jury. Like, this is the playoffs. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. That's true. And I think Cameron will vote smart. He'll vote oh, yeah. like a respectful big brother player, not just out of vengeance, um, which I hate when people do that. So hopefully everybody votes fairly. Um, Frank, what else are you watching this weekend? Loki season two is fantastic. This shit is unreal. It is the best Marvel show, TV show by a long shot, not even close. Season two starts off with a bang. Well, it leaves off like Loki was already a top tier Marvel show. Season two just makes it better. Like you just hope, you know, when there's multiple seasons of things, it doesn't start off with a letdown. This shit's unreal. We're in the thick of it. We also uh, watched this Halloween movie, Trick or Treat. It's like, I don't know if you've been like spirit and you've seen Sam. He's like a a little sack with the. Is it trick? Is it trick? The letter R treat? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen it? No. So, and Sam, he's got like the sack on his head, the brown sack, and he wears orange, kind of like a scarecrow, it looks like. Mm-hmm. We've always loved the character. Like we've seen it in the store, like, oh, Sam, he's cute. He's adorable. I love the character. But we've never watched the movie he was a part of, right? It's a movie with a bunch of short stories on the rules of Halloween, which I didn't know that before I started watching. Here I'm thinking like it's his it's his story, right? Trick or treat. So when we were watching the movie and the movie was over, my brain actually felt like it went through a blender, like a ninja. Like they put it in there, pressed it, and it was because I felt like I was missing something. This movie's been out for 16 years. It came out in 2007. And like a, the movie's got great reviews like really good reviews for a Halloween movie. Like we're talking high seventies, low eighties on most people's list. If you're ranking it out of a hundred, I'm like, okay, I watched the movie. I have no idea what happened. There's no plot. The, the ending, it just ends abruptly. Like there's literally no storyline. So I'm like, how could this be people's favorite movie? Like Halloween movie that people are like, Oh, it's a go-to every year for Halloween. And then I did the research and I figured out, oh, there's short stories. So there's no continuous plot. That makes more sense. I people, I don't have to watch it again. People love it. I mean, I wouldn't say I love it. It's not a top tier Halloween movie, but he's adorable nonetheless. He's a maniac, but it was, it was, I'm glad we watched it because after all these years of seeing this character, I wanted to see what it was all about. I was so pissed though that there was like no plot. Vin, it is the most random movie you could watch. One of the reviews I read, because I was like doing research, is like, what the hell did I just watch? That's funny. <laughs> like, it's just so random. I feel the need to watch it now, so maybe I'll find some time to... <laughs> I was like, what did I just watch? How long is it? Like an hour, 20 minutes. That's it? Yeah, it's like really quick. And I watched it, I'm like, this is people's go-to? Interesting. Now it's I want to see short, it. Very now short. I'm, I'm going to make that happen. I want to see it. My goal is to see it before Halloween. Before you you're going to be pissed. You're yeah, going to well, be pissed. 
We'll and see. I, I want you to watch it because I want to discuss like why certain things were in the movie. Okay. So there you go. There you go. Um, for me, I'm going to be watching sports and that and more Letter Kenny, I think. Hell yeah. Um, Letter Kenny's fucking hilarious. So I'm going to think I'm going to keep that rolling. Um, oh, I've been watching some Marvel movies on the side too as background Good. noise while I'm working. Um, so we will see. Um, but yeah, the Devils, they play Friday and Sunday. And uh, the Bears versus Raiders. And then college football all day on Saturday. I'm probably not going to move from the couch much starting at Friday at 5 p.m. I might outside of the Halloween big Halloween party um, that you will be at, correct? Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> Frank, don't do that. You're one of my go-to hangout people at those parties. Maybe I'll show up as Sam. <laughs> well, I'll probably have watched it by then, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, and then lots of college football on Saturday. I actually can't wait to just sit right there and not move no shows no devils on saturday it's gonna be uh an interesting time so very much looking forward to the weekend um frank a very long show very long show let's roll through and make people some money in america's favorite podcast segment of the week breaking bets <laughs> Frank, VP. What kind of bad takes do you have for banking bets this week? As some people know, we started a new system here on the Barroom Network with breaking bets. Still going to show you my record. Still going to show you the record per sport, but we added the new unit system, which is something this has been missing for 10 months of the year because it just shows you how you don't need to it's not it's not about quantity. It's about the quality of your wins. I don't need to win 10 bets. You got to win a couple. Get to choose the ones with the good value, get the profit. So last week, we went three for two. We got four. We, we, we went up uh, 0.5%, right? Um, wasn't great. We went three and two. Not great. However, the, the unit's win-loss was unbelievable. For those who tailed, here we go. Here's the, the new graphic. If you are a $100 per unit better, which is a standard for a lot of the betters out there, and you took my picks last week, you'd be up 463 bucks. If you were a $10 per unit better last week, you're up $46, which is great. We're up plus 4.63 units. Congratulations for anybody who followed. I hope there were $100 per unit betters out there. You'd be up 463 bucks just for my picks. Congratulations. It's not going to be like that every week, but we're going to keep track of this tally from October 11th on. We'll keep a running tally, and I'll continue to add to that. So it won't be per week. So if we're down two units this week, then since October 11th, we're up plus 2.63 units. So if everybody's following that, we'll continue that. We'll continue to grow. Really, the big hitter last week that saved us was Bedard getting a goal. That was plus 235 on its own. So... I had a feeling it was coming. I'm excited for the picks. 
Here we go with today's picks. I got three of them. First one, there's a little contingency, and it's only going to be if Trevor Lawrence is playing, which I assume he will be. They're optimistic that he will be. The injury report just came out like 10 minutes ago. He is listed as questionable. Okay. Well, this bet is Jaguars at the Saints. It's going to be for that game. It's going to be a three-unit bet, our biggest unit play we've done so far, but only place the bet if Lawrence is playing. If he doesn't start the game, I'm not adding this into um, the record. So this is contingent on Trevor Lawrence playing. And if he is playing this line, super disrespectful. Jaguars are plus 100. Saints looked awful last week against the Texans. Jaguars are one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. I'll gladly take the opportunity in this situation to take the Jaguars at even money. They're hungry for a win. They're hungry to make the playoffs yet again. The Jaguars are the much better team. And even on the road, they should be able to get it done. I like the Jaguars money line plus 100 for three units as long as Trevor Lawrence is playing. That's my first pick. Second pick, we got some college, or not college, we got some MLB playoff baseball. Got the Astros and the Rangers. Rangers find themselves up two games to none. Javier's pitching against the returning Max Scherzer tonight. Listen, Javier coming off a great, strong performance for the Twins. Only gave up one hit, no earned runs. Very good outing, but he struggled with walks, which is something that, he struggled with all year. He walked five Minnesota twins and it didn't bite him in the ass. If you walk five Texas Rangers, you better believe they're going to take advantage. It's hard to believe that the Astros would be down three Oh in the series, but the way they've been playing, I don't know how they would come home and lose. So I'm taking the Texas Rangers money line minus minus one thirty. bet to win two units. So if it's minus minus one thirty you'd have to bet $26 to win two units. Or if you're $260 to win 200, bet to win two units. Don't put two units on it. So that's my pick for you there, Texas Rangers money line. And lastly, I had to throw in an NHL pick. We did a lot of talking on the show about the NHL. It only feel right to put in a nice, juicy game tonight. Penguins at the Red Wings should be a great game. I like the Penguins money line at minus 130. Also bet to win just one unit on this one. Not as confident, but you know, the Red Wings have been playing hot and so have the Penguins. On paper, and really not on paper, but in general, I think the Penguins have the overall better roster. And I like the way they've been playing more than I like the way that the Red Wings have been playing. I'm hoping Jari continues to be as shut down as he has in the early going of the season. This has the making to be a very good game, but I think the way the Penguins' offense has been succeeding lately, this is a great opportunity to pick a nice road win up for the Penguins. I like the Penguins' money line. Minus 130, remember, bet to win one unit. Those are my three picks for you this week. Hell yeah. Good picks. Very good picks. It's going to be interesting to see how you do. I'm rooting for everybody who follows you um, and you yourself. Go get that money. Profitable if you followed me last week. So, Absolutely. The Canes have recalled goaltender Peter Kochekov. Hell yeah. Here it comes. The Kochekov era is upon us. Yep. The devil smoked him last year, so I hope he starts in the playoffs too. Um, All right. Um. What a good show. I mean, we talked for ho- about hockey for a long time. Hockey is back. Isn't it suck? Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> I hate it. 
I hate having it back. All right, Frank, what a good show. I'm glad we got to go through it all, talk a little football too at the end. You're going to make people some money. Um, Tonight, as you said, the Pittsburgh Penguins will take on the um, Detroit Red Wings, and then the Washington Capitals will take on small slate. the Ottawa Senators. Yep, it's a small slate. You got a Canadian game and then the national game on TNT. So it should be fun to watch the Red Wings play the Penguins. Those are two historic franchises with, you know, some great history and, you know, it'll be fun to watch um, them match up and see how they play against one another. So I'm looking forward to it. And then again, as I mentioned before, you're going to want to tune in tomorrow at 11 a.m. to Crosstown Crosstalk. And then over the weekend, all sorts of Bears coverage with Mike North and Fantasy Football Goon and Greg Gabriel, Dan and Aldo bear their souls is every Tuesday night following uh, the Bears weekend. So it'll be fun. It's a good time here at the Barroom Network. Make sure you click the notification button if you're on YouTube or following along on Facebook or Twitter. You could follow Frankie on Twitter at the King Bean. You could follow me at Vinny Parisi. Read all his shit at apptrigger.com. Read all mine at the five different fan sided sites I wrote for. Um, I have an article coming for pretty much every single one of them at least. Um, within the next handful of hours. So especially, you know, the big four that I write for that I'm an expert for. So, which is puck pros, Southside showdown to windy city and black and deal. Um, so lots of stuff shaking up in the content game. Make sure you check it all out. Help us out, leave comments, send Frankie DMS and tell him why he's a fool for his placement of um, certain teams in his NFL rankings or Austin Matthews only getting 30 more goals this season. I mean, just roast them. Absolutely roast them. Um, Should be fun, though. It's going to be a great year, and I can't wait for next uh, week on Bardown Talking Hockey. And for you Chicago Cubs fans out there, you're going to want to be paying attention to at Vinny Parisi on Twitter because we have an extra spectacular guest coming next week on the program. And I'm not announcing it fully yet. I'll probably announce it either at the end of the episode tomorrow or over the weekend online. So make sure you're following along. I'm excited to bring that to you. Um, It's been in the works for a couple days here, and I'm excited about it. So um, everybody in the chat, Skokes, Tom, um, Caitlin, obviously, um, Bachigaloop, thank you for joining us, Foster. Um, anybody who didn't comment but was watching in some way, shape, or form, listening on YouTube, um, audio, or spotify apple all of it thank you for tuning in we can't thank you enough and as always make sure you watch hockey no matter who's playing and thank you for listening